this is one of the finest action sequences of all time. It's great. Of all time. Like, and it makes James Bond. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of the Zencast is brought to you by NatureBox. Go to naturebox.com slash Zencast to get 50% off your first order. All right, everybody, welcome to the Zencast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello. And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Cher. Hello, everyone. And today, we finally got into 2015. Open the door. How'd you get in the plane? Not in the plane. I'm on the plane. Chewing. We're home. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. I got my head turned inside out. You don't know that movie? Ghost gives Dan Aykroyd all sex. Here's Margot Robbie in a bubble bath to explain. And for gosh sake, watch your language. Is it too late to change the name? Straight out of Compton. Where'd you get a suit? A f- mighty denier. It's always been me, the author of all your pain. In the face of overwhelming odds, I'm left with only one option. I'm gonna have to science the shit out of this. Yeah. Feels like it was only yesterday. It does. And now it's two years old. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were full on. We've been doing this for almost two years at this point, at least the Sins videos, yep. not the podcast. And yep. it really doesn't feel like 2015 should be that actually, long ago. Actually, we had been straight up two years at, yeah. this, at, the, at this point, and it would end up being our third year of uh, Cinema Sins. Yeah. At point. But, uh, and we've covered 40 years of cinema so far. That is crazy. Uh, that is crazy. Uh, it was uh, all. It was all due to uh, what was it? An email to you or something? Yeah, like that? it was. I think it was a message on the subreddit. It was a subreddit thing. I think so. Maybe yeah. a tweet. And it probably changes every time I tell the story. And <laughs> and now we need to get that guy to come up with another idea. Now, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, too bad the the syncast is going to be over next week. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Never going to do it again. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Yeah um uh okay so 2015 obviously the biggest movie that there was and the biggest movie there ever has been star wars the force awakens yeah (laughs) yeah and and so um i think this movie um sort of starts losing more and more luster every every day that goes by right it's funny how how steady i think the the negative i guess impression in the public persona has been there are a lot of people that think this is bad or average Mm. and it seems to be solely because it is so much like a new hope Mm -hmm. which i do think holds the movie back um but they're playing it on stars like crazy i see i see bits and pieces of it probably every week when i'm flipping around and i still think the the three main leads the new characters they brought in are all really great Mm -hmm. and the thrilling scenes that uh millennium falcon fight where the cannon breaks and then the poe coming in with the x-wing all that still really works yeah um you know so this is still in the b plus area no this is absolutely this is i mean this is good i just i yeah i mean i think more and more that whole new hope thing started to gain more weight in my mind about this that and uh it's a death star but we're calling it a star killer base. <laughs> right right i mean and and it's way better than the last death star i've read something recently i was talking about uh i think it was in cracked or something where they're talking about like how 
this new up and coming evil empire that doesn't even have the resources of the last empire yeah. and suddenly they're making something that's five times whatever the <laughs> hell it is bigger than the death star and everything um but yeah it's i mean that's the thing it's it's got a lot of those same things in it and it's over the last year or so this movie has started like going uh, well, and especially in light of rogue one which you know is inevitably going to be compared to mm-hmm. the other most recent Star Wars movie, and I don't think Rogue One for me holds up as well as Force Awakens. Almost Rogue One has almost made Force Awakens, Force Awakens look a little better to me. That's the exact um, same impression that I had too, uh, because when you go back and you watch Force Awakens, it is so much more fun than Rogue One mm-hmm. for various reasons. And Rogue One is fine and it's enjoyable and everything, but when you go back and you see like all of just the the, the the wow moments in yeah. here and like you said those characters are a lot more relatable to me than the rogue one characters they're more enduring <laughs> definitely yes uh but i mean kylo ren is just a super badass great villain yeah and jenner's uh, jenner's <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> he might as well be at this point they all have these names like this they, i think they put them through a matrix of some sort like wouldn't sound star warsian you know Let's put some weird like y and you know in their name like a two yeah yeah no i mean th- those characters are, are just more interesting to me overall mm-hmm. while we're talking about force awakens i read a, an article this morning before i came down here um that apparently Disney and Colin Trevorrow are meeting today to start brainstorming what to do with episode nine, because apparently Princess Leia had a more prominent role. Oh. Uh, and now that uh, she's passed, they are going to address what to do. And the article I read said, one option is to write her out. And then, of course, the other option is to do what Rogue One did. Oh, you got to be a kidding. CGI character. And I'm like, just recast the role. If, oh. you, if you need it that much. They did it with Dumbledore. They did it in the Matrix movies. And ultimately doesn't hurt the films in either case. Uh, so I really hope they don't CGI Princess Leia yeah. into episode nine. Yeah. Can't you just get somebody who's awesome to fill that role yeah. who would be, you know, fantastic? Put Helen Mirren in it for yeah. all I care. Jesus. It would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. You know? Meryl Streep. Yeah. You I guess mean? because she's so she's such an inimitable character because it's been so long yeah. uh, and it's, it's burned into our childhood memories that that would be more difficult than something like a Dumbledore, which was only, I think, two movies in or something like that. Yeah, but well, this this Grand Moff Tarkin thing has been universally panned. Yeah. I haven't seen anybody going, boy, that was great. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense to put somebody that everybody respects in the role. It doesn't matter if Carrie Fisher has all this baggage with the, the role or not. I feel like you just put in another person that we all like. Or just don't have that character in there. Just yeah, like don't with Moff Mar- yeah, Tarkin. Don't you know? put the character in. Yeah, I I think we all agree the worst option would be to CGI her into the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up because it was topical. Although this episode is like a week and a half out and it won't be topical anymore. Oh, it'll be fine. Look at what I did. <laughs> it was a big, big year for going back to our past mm. and 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 trying to make something popular again. And they sure did with Jurassic World. <laughs> and this movie, I'm sorry, guys, it made $652 million domestic. I'll never understand why. It's a piece of fucking garbage. Yeah, I really hate this movie. Yeah. It is a bunch of cliches. It is a lot of the first movie re- retrampled mm-hmm. on. And it is too pretty. It is. Yep. It's a, this is one of those cases where the CGI-ness, the CGI is so good, it feels too fake. Yeah. And I miss Stan Winston. We've made this joke plenty of times. How can, 
you know, Jurassic Park, the original from 93, mm-hmm. still look better than the shit we're putting out today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's insane. But that's also, the I think, the power of practical effects, at least uh, to trick the human brain uh, when they're done well. I really didn't like this movie a lot. We're just talking about, I think we're talking about here the just that they don't want to take the time to do this stuff anymore. They just don't want to do it. They they have a release date carved out before sure. they even start making the movie. Uh, and they say, what's the fastest way we can do this and make it look decent enough for the, everybody to be, you know, just, you know, if it looks fake, it doesn't really matter, whatever. And that's what they're getting to. They haven't got, they don't want to perfect that anymore. They don't want to do it. it just Well, it's also the storyline is like the bare beats it's like a Jurassic Park clone without all the good stuff. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. the lowest level excitement. And to a certain audience, my eight-year-old son included, it, they love it yep. because it's easy. It's it's popcorny, and it doesn't aspire to do anything more than that. And that's so disappointing because we'd seen if you shoot a little bit higher, you can get there. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even Lost World Jurassic Park, which has plenty of flaws, mm-hmm. is still... And way more enjoyable, has yep. way more relatable characters, has some new beats compared to the first film. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I didn't expect us to all hate this quite as much as we do, but yep. that'll probably catch some backlash. Well, <laughs> and then when your movie spends a good portion of it going back to how much that first park was legit right. and all this and like being very nostalgic about it, you're not talking, uh, you know, it's code. It's not the park was legit they're talking about the movie we're talking about the good feelings we had this is that whole south park season that just happened where they had the member berries and the member berries (laughs) are all like sitting there like you know sitting there talking don't you remember tatooine don't you remember (laughs) this don't you remember that and everything and it's basically what this movie is it's just nothing but hey remember that that was cool and then they put in yeah, they put in a couple of dinosaurs in there that we, you know, there's the hybrid, which uh, the whole hybrid thing pisses me off. The, um, you know, the whole like, oh, I can hide away from your sensors while I'm in inside this cage yeah. and then never use it again. Yeah. And then and and like and then the stupidity of them all wandering in there yep. and being like, well, they didn't see it on the sensors. So let's go in and see what's up with this. You know, I mean, it just, yeah, I hate, I hate this movie so much. Yeah, and then you, you haven't even gotten to the Raptor Bros yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trainable Raptor Bros. Um, I don't think, I, I'm not going to say anything more. Raptor Bros. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Um, I love you, Chris Pratt. What were you thinking? I know. What a waste of two really good Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt. Well, Vincent D'Onofrio's in this, and yeah. all he does is phone in, like, cliche bad guy number 10. Yep, right. Exactly. Uh, let's get to something good here. Inside Out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pixar back. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm getting very cynical though. I've I've, ta- I've told you about this uh, that I think that that you know Disney just go ahead and takes all the yeah the good ones for their animation department, and I think they secretly want Pixar to fail, even though Pixar doesn't matter. They just crank out all these movies that are sequels or stuff, whatever. Right. Right? And they make the money, so it doesn't really matter. But I think they secretly want to give all their good stuff to their own department. Mm. And then, and then I think, I don't know how Inside Out slipped through there. Maybe it's like to throw us off the scent. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very conspiratorial about well, because this Because we will also be talking about the good dinosaur for two years. Right, exactly. And that's one of the turds that Disney let Pixar keep. Yeah, but uh, Inside Out is uh, dandy. It's fantastic. Uh, we talked about this in the movies that made you cry. It actually gave me... Uh, 
real tears and then one of the biggest laughs ever within 10 minutes of yeah. each other uh, when she breaks down with her parents and then that girl, girl, yeah. girl. <laughs> uh, really charming, really inventive, really whimsical. The the land inside her brain and all the colors and everything they do with all that, uh, I just think is really, really brilliant. I like it a lot. Yeah. What we have always talked about since we started talking about Pixar movies was their inclusion of emotions and heart. And, mm-hmm. and in this case, literally, uh, and they finally get back because Cars Two certainly doesn't have the heart. It's got more Mater, you know, all that stuff. Right. And they they went on this downward trajectory in just style over substance, and now they've gotten back to almost pure substance. But it looks beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, this was one of my favorite movie going experiences of this year. Was seeing this movie. Yeah, and it was I, a big surprise for me. Yeah, and it was, and my, my favorite scene in it is is uh, her talking to her friend back home. Mm-hmm. Oh, just yeah. all the the way it starts off, like like you know, like oh hey, they're friends and they're talking about they're they're catching up and everything. And just the subtlest things that his, her friend says, not meaning to hurt her, yeah, right. hurts her deeply. Yep. And uh, I, I think that's uh, the great, the greatest thing about that movie. Is, and, and you know, they could have spelled it out. They could have done a lot of stupid things with that or whatever. But instead, you got to realize, you know, you you know, back home, you've been replaced. You didn't need they they don't need you is what she gets from that that message or whatever but i love inside out the only thing about inside out is i get to the point a lot of times where i think that well nobody's seen this so let's make a whole movie about it herman's head remember yeah. oh yeah and, and and there were a lot of people who brought that up when the sure. movie came out and everything herman's head was a short-lived fox series it even had yardley smith who plays you know yeah. Z- lisa it's all about the four different like things in this guy's head that make him you know make his decisions and everything yeah. Um, so I feel like that's one of those things where they're like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's make this into a movie, uh, and make it our own thing and make it successful. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the only thing about Inside Out. It's also not really, but also like that Seinfeld episode where Jerry's penis plays chess against his brain. It's kind of like that. (laughs) You know that's for me. It's kind of like that. (laughs) Kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Go for well, it. let's just go to the good dinosaur while we're on. Pixar. Oh my god! Um, this is, as we said, the Lion King with dinosaurs. It doesn't even try to be anything more than that. The only positive thing I can say, and it will be glowing, is the animation is incredible. Yeah, the that water. water in yeah. this movie looks fucking real. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating to me when they take that's artistry. They mm-hmm. someone whoever did that, the many someones. They cared about making that look real. Yeah. But the story people didn't care about making that feel yeah. real. Yeah. Uh, and this is one of the most made me angry because of how bad it was movies I have seen in years. Well, and how many damn dinosaur movies are we going to have to watch in one year? You have that. And then Disney themselves. This is again going back to like, you know, when they did Brave, it was like Brother Bear. This yeah. They did this and that was the movie Dinosaur that yeah. came out a few years before this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even remember that dinosaur yeah. movie. That was another like computer animated yeah. thing that you know before disney you know got really good at it um but uh but yeah i mean it's just it's not it's not anything inventive it's not anything like oh that's cool i've never thought about what dinosaurs think when they're like you know <laughs> you know when it just it doesn't have that same and i love how like three months before it comes out they recast everyone they recast every single voice and mm-hmm. you watch the movie and you're like yeah that was the problem the voices weren't <laughs> yeah working. that was what needed to be fixed that's that was the overhaul you needed right <laughs> All right. Um, what else? How about your favorite, 
The Martian. The Martian. Mm-hmm. Yes. This mm-hmm. is a this was my second favorite movie going experience uh, of this year. And I actually watched this in 3D and it was the only time I didn't see Gravity in 3D. The only time I can remember loving the 3D mm-hmm. and regarding it as kind of essential to that first viewing experience. I thought it was it was terrific. Everything about this movie is enjoyable. It's not the best movie ever made, but it's so enjoyable. I agree. I think um there's a lot of moving parts doing really good work here. Mm-hmm. And this movie may be prettier than Prometheus. Um, yeah, yeah. I really feel like I'm on Mars on those Mars shots. I don't know where they shot it and how much of that is CG and how much of that is camera filter. But I've seen a lot of movies where people go to Mars and it never looks anywhere near as realistic yeah, as like this movie. Yeah, like Red Planet and yeah. Mission to Mars. Mission to <laughs> they, Mars. They actually shot this on Mars. Oh, yeah. Oh, that shit. That was why. Well, I yeah. didn't Man, know. that must have taken forever. Like, how does, Matt, how does Matt Damon look so young? He's dead. <laughs> no. He's dead. He's, dead. <laughs> <laughs> He's long since been gone. <laughs> <laughs> he, he made all of his movies before he made this. And then he went up. <laughs> uh, so it was like in 75 years, we're going to be seeing Matt Damon look the same. <laughs> he never ages. <laughs> it's amazing. I uh, I have seen this movie close to 50 times at this point. Um, <laughs> I, no lie. When I'm flipping channels, if The Martian is on, it does not matter what I'm watching. I will flip over to the Martian. Think about sports. Think about you have and you have so many enjoyable actors in this. Jeff Daniels doing his thing. Chiwetel Ejiofor doing his thing. I love the Chiwetel Ejiofor thing when he's like talking about the the message that he gives to to Damon, and he's like he's like, "Do you think he means? <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> right? Or do you think he means? Are you fucking kidding me? And then and she's like, "I think it's the first one." He's like. Yeah, but it goes through the whole thing, and she goes, oh, it could be the second yeah. one. <laughs> um, you have Donald Glover show up, as, you know, and he, you know, he's really fun in it. Uh, Kristen Wiig, Sean yeah. Bean. Uh, there's just a and, – and then you have Jessica Chastain, Michael Pena. I love Michael Pena in he's this, awesome too. In this he's movie. so funny. The, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like somebody had to talk to you and I drew the short straw. Yeah. <laughs> and all that. I love all that type of stuff. Um, but, uh, so many enjoyable actors, like every time it gets to one of them, you're never like, oh, I wish it was on this person right now. Or yeah. I wish it was right. They, they, it's how it fills that up. But you're always wanting to be with Damon on the, how he's figuring out all this stuff. And that's the thing that I love about the movie and the book too, is just him working it out yeah and just saying all right how do we, science the shit out of it what are we gonna do it's, yeah it's a triumph of character like yeah. he, he never loses hope he never he that's the perfect person to root for oh yeah is him being a capable and b having the just the tenacity and just to say like, i'm not gonna die out here i'm gonna figure out how to do this yeah and he makes so many mistakes too yeah. like you know he blows himself up the first time he tries to make water um and you know he blows up the hab and ends up having to sleep in the <laughs> rover um one of the things i love most about this movie i may have talked about this before is how cleverly they get around the rating mm-hmm. um because on the surface there's like six f-bombs in this movie mm-hmm. but in reality there's only one yeah and it's that one moment where he's taking a sip of fucking grape juice or something and he goes he's putting the cap on and he goes ah fuck you mars that's the only real one the others are either asterisked in the text yeah. like the one you were talking about mm-hmm. are you fucking kidding me that's asterisked out and yeah. then 
one of the guys reads a message that has F-bombs and he just says F-word, F-word yeah, and Jared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's also when he finds out that they didn't tell his crew yeah, that he was yeah. alive and he's just all silent and everything. You know he said it, but yeah. it's silent yeah. and everything. So yeah, you're right. They get around that pretty easily, even though they, you know, it's like uh, probably like nine to ten fucks in that or yeah, whatever. It's very, cl- <laughs> I've never seen a movie quite that clever about it. Where, you know, and we'll get to this later probably in the, <laughs> the questions. Like, I think in other countries, like like that wouldn't be a big deal at all oh right and yeah. here it's like you know you say three and then you got an r rating because more than three that's when kids start using it <laughs> yeah it's pretty um, ridiculous is this ridley scott's best movie no aliens is, Alien best movie. is still his best movie this is his yeah. best modern movie and then and then, yeah, and totally. then best yeah. since gladiator and then you would have arguable blade runner in there mm. i mean blade runner is a divisive movie among mm. a lot of people but blade runner's got to be up there and uh and and then you're gonna have some people who put Gladiator. I don't. Yeah. Gladiator's gonna be up there for some people. Uh, he's made so many movies. Yeah, no kidding. He's a workhorse. Uh, yeah, he comes out with one almost every year, and sometimes two. Black Hawk Down and Gladiator mm-hmm. both came out the same year. Um, but um, but yeah, I would put it up there as it's far as there, like yeah. yeah, as far as he's got to be top five at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's weird. To, there's almost no other movie like this in the sense that I know I know it really well. I could probably quote it while it was on. I know ev- everything that's going to happen, and I still get chills at the end when they rescue him. And I don't know how the movie does that exactly. I've got some theories, but uh, I just think it's a mastery of editing. Uh, the way they put that final sequence together uh gets me on the edge of my seat even though i know exactly what's gonna happen yeah by the way there are a lot of people who wished that you know the world and avatar was real i wish this world was was real oh yeah martian because what they're what they what is happening in this one is you have a world where nasa is respected like they were in it's like in the 60s yeah yeah uh and you have people who are actively uh involved in you have a you know they're filling up Times square with people who and i still don't believe that by the way yeah. <laughs> like i never will believe that ever once but it's a world where you can fill up Times square looking at you know somebody coming home from space and there's a lot of people you know thinking very smartly about problems and everything china's working with us the world's you know continents yeah. are working yeah. together it's, it's amazing it's kind of a utopia when you think yeah. about it i wish that and and we're about to get into like you know the next few years that's going to be uh, we're going to be completely opposite of that <laughs> probably <laughs> probably yeah so anyway what else you got um ex machina ex machina first one came to mind yeah um what a surprise this movie was mm-hmm. now granted i only went and saw it because i had read what a surprise this movie is yeah um and i hadn't really heard much about it going into it i just knew that ai was involved and the turing test and yeah. boy oh boy I love this movie. Yeah. That's the perfect way to see it, I think, is yeah. to, to have very, because I had high expectations uh, going into it, but I had no knowledge of it. I just yeah. knew, because they had great trailers. They yeah. Had, they had trailers that left a lot to the imagination. You see Oscar Isaac in this dance scene in the middle of the fucking trailer, yeah. and you're like, what the hell is that? Oscar Isaac is great. You know what? This movie, and I could be wrong, I, I, I don't know a lot about game theory, mm. but this feels like a very game theory movie to me. Yeah. Like how the characters interact, you know, there's a whole lot of like, I've got to screw this person to save this person, or I've got to do, you know, there's a lot of that type of thing going on in this movie. And yeah, it's all pragmatism. Yeah. It's all like getting the way that he gets to that Ava character mm -hmm. is so 
you know, Machiavellian yeah. and pragmatic that that's the ends justify the means. Yeah. And it's uh, and, and it really it plays a lot on like, you know, uh, you know, male characters who really want to like save a woman yep. and all this other type of stuff is like uh, it plays on that a lot. Uh, I this movie just puts you, there's a mood to it. It's just there. It's not exciting in the way of like you know pulse pounding action, except at the very end. Except at the end, um, it's more just about like it's you put your. It's almost like you're just there. It's like a Black Mirror episode or something yep. like that. It's yeah, intellectually yeah. tense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Exactly. And Oscar Isaac is electric mm -hmm. in this role. I think he's better in this than anything I've seen him in. Yeah. Um. And Alicia Vikander, however you say her name. Yeah, I think that's right. Um. She's fantastic yep. in this. She's way better in this than she was in Jason Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Oscar Isaac is better than he was in uh, the X Men movie. I want to forget. Oh yeah. Movie. Yeah. But even uh, Do Donald Gleason. Donal. Donal. Yes. Is that how that's pronounced? Yeah, I looked it up this morning. Uh, <laughs> it's don't. It's like tunnel. I, with I really want to call him Domin Hall. Yeah. Can I, I just call, call him, him Brendan's son? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's fantastic. I love that we get two different versions of of what he can play this year with Force Awakens, where he's almost like Hitler-like as this mm. bad guy, and then on this side we have this meek, timid, mm -hmm. awkward guy. Um, I love the, everything about this movie, and what's great for me is how much it holds up for repeat viewings. It feels that first time through like a movie that may not, you may not want to watch again because you know what, what's going to happen. It's not that for me. Yeah, no, I think it's the exact opposite. Like I wanted to dive back into it and figure out, like, hold on, there's different pieces of that 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 you can get on on repeat viewing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I I don't know this director's name, but he's on this list of the one to watch that we've been talking about recently with Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Got that one right. Alex Garland. Alex Garland. Yes. Okay, so he's the writer director of this. He did something previous to this that was indie and had some success. I'm not sure what it was. But Little anyway. Miss Sunshine. Hmm? Little Miss Sunshine. No. no. I'm kidding. No. I, I was think about it was to a say Goodwill Hunting. Some kind of sci fi thing, you <laughs> idiot. Well, uh, Ex Magna was his first movie as a director. He okay. had written. Uh, stuff like uh, The Beach, 28 Days Later. I guess it was with uh, Danny Boyle oh, for wow. a bit. Sunshine was another Danny Boyle movie. Uh, the uh, Never Let Me Go, which we've also talked about. All right. Um, and uh, he also wrote the screenplay to Dread. Interesting. Those are all pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I skipped over some stuff I did not know. Uh, I mean, I'm sure the Batman black and white TV series is fucking awesome. I just don't know. I don't know what that is. He did an episode on Batman black and white whatever that is it's batman tackling race issues yeah yeah exactly he's, to the he's, cookie gonna, he's, going, he's going around dancing dancing and break, smashing up cars and stuff <laughs> that is such a better way to say it than i was gonna say it. <laughs> oh shit uh but he's uh he's also uh gonna be the writer on the halo movie that has just been announced oh. and uh his next movie that is in post-production is called Annihilation, which I have no idea about. It's uh, yeah, it's a sci-fi thing. I think I remember reading about it. But yeah, he is. He would have to be. We'd have to probably put him up there in that because Ex Machina is amazing. And uh, and uh, for a first-time director, yeah, man, so assured. Yeah, like there's no doubt in the way he shot and edited that. That was exactly what he wanted. Yeah. Also, I want to live in that house. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, not you know, once you tick some of the murderous robots out of there or whatever <laughs> right. but uh, that house and that setting god i loved it it was fantastic yeah yeah um all right so an some other big ones let's get into the marvel stuff avengers age of ultron Bleh. 
How disappointing was this? This was supremely disappointing. It's Man. it's not. I don't think it's bad. It's just that on the heels of the first one, it, it, it didn't climb up as high as it should have. Mm. Like I'd still put this as like a B minus. Um, yeah, I might go a little bit lower than that. I just I I'm just I, these movies make me exhausted. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's hard to watch these things it's so many different things going on now we have to worry about like what's going on in the agents of shield tv show now. <laughs> yeah we've got to know like all these small things that apparently you know like to, to enjoy a movie now you've got to know all this stuff that just <laughs> uh, you know they in this movie i just feel like it's just a total mess i don't like the action scenes at all everything just i, I I wish just once, and I don't know if I can describe this any any better. I just wish once that these characters, when, when they're in battle scenes, were doing something that they are needed to do. That that's mm. their power. They you you put Hulk in this situation, you put, but they're all just beating ass. That's yeah. all they're doing. They're in just very close crop shots, right? And because uh, almost like the Anchorman two, it's like they maybe couldn't yeah. get everybody on set the same day. Yeah, that's how that final circular battle feels to me. Yeah, yeah. this and, movie's this movie's all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's waste of a character like Vision who shows up, you mm-hmm. know, almost after the entire movie has gone by. It's reliance, this bizarre reliance on Hawkeye for a good chunk of the movie yeah. in the middle of it. Hawkeye's the heart, man. I guess. Yeah. yeah. And then and, and then the, the villain is just indescribably obtuse. Like mm-hmm. it, you don't know what the limits of his powers are. Right. And and it's such a waste of James Spader chewing up his lines. You also don't know the fun. limits of his sarcasm and his <laughs> quipping. Yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. it never stops. And, and they do a lot of things in this too, where you're like, you know, like when he first starts you know getting into the internet or whatever he's doing they show all these like visual like look at him he's going into the internet now (laughs) and you're just like what does that mean (laughs) yeah or you see like the yellow uh jarvis bits being consumed or fighting with the blue ultron what the fuck yeah (laughs) that's all what i'm doing the entire time and then of course they had to put a thor ragnarok thing in there yeah and and you're and it's just i it's too much of a mess now and i know that there's some people who love it but <laughs> I don't even think Joss Whedon is one of those. No, people. Joss Whedon, not, not even a guy who likes this probably. And he, I feel like he went through the exact same thing that same, Sam Raimi did with Spider-Man 3, yep. where they basically said, we need to shove as much bullshit in this as possible. You need to do that and make a good movie at the same time. And that's impossible. It has to be because up until now, he's rarely missed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's really had a sterling track record, including the first Avengers. And man, yeah, that, that I think that was the big... The movie overall was a disappointment to me, but to have, if it were a different director or something like that that was known for that sort of excess, that would be more explainable, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I ultimately just think this movie's awful. Too many characters, too many bu- too many bullshit things that they throw in just because they think they need to. And I'll go back, I've probably said this before, but do you, do you remember watching Iron Man and just like, I really hope that they put in a some sort of scene in here where there's the next movie is going to... You know, they did that at the very end. Mm-hmm. That's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do Thor Ragnarok, put him at the very end. That's a yeah. that's a an end credit scene yeah. in the middle of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And oh no, we got two more end credit scenes. Don't worry, we got a lot of like coming attractions <laughs> in this movie. Yep. Um, the other one that came out was Ant Man. We've discussed this before. How Edgar Wright, I feel like, would have made this way better than it. It ends up being a good movie. It's good, mm. solid, you know, like anti-Marvel movie, but even though it looks like 
everything Marvel's ever done. It's just it's it's kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy and all that. It's not in a part of that Avengers world yet. Yeah. It will be, but um, but it's another one that I just sit there and go, man, this could be so much better than it is. Yeah, and, I mean, another one that's elevated by Michael Pena's performance. Yeah, if I, <laughs> yeah. Had, more, if I had more of that, then I would love this movie well, a lot more. That's to clear Edgar Wright's yes. influence. That and the tiny train scene at the end, mm-hmm. which reminds me of Wallace and Gromit. Uh, I think if we'd gotten a lot more of that Edgar Wright stuff throughout the movie, um, I think it could have been a blast. But yeah, mm-hmm. can you imagine this movie being shot and edited in the way of Shaun of the Dead or something? like that it would have been amazing to me yeah and uh, now it's just okay that i mean marvel classically came in and said this is not our brand and uh let's make it just like every other marvel movie to the point that ant-man looks like iron man to me he looks yeah. like every single other character that has come before it yeah um paul rudd is good i mean mm-hmm. I, I i love paul rudd i yeah. can put him in anything i like him but the, he's, he's okay in this I and mean, he's good in this it's just the movie itself just i just feel like it, it's 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 about three steps away from being awesome mm-hmm. and uh this is another movie where they said oh this is like a big heist movie yeah it's like a heist it's kind of like you know when they said captain america uh, winter soldier was a uh, you know paranoid thriller i was like it's not really a heist movie <laughs> though. Even people have called rogue one a heist movie and i don't get that either yeah they, they, they steal some plans maybe but that's not a heist it's movie. not yeah it's not like you know it's not like you they're sitting there with like blueprints in a like a right. uh, a basement somewhere and they and they're like all right we'll <laughs> need to go here and we need to take out that guy and then you know it's not <laughs> right. like they cased the place right. before they get it uh, Ant-Man has some of that. Mm-hmm. It has a montage of the, before they go into Michael Douglas's house. Yeah. But even that heist isn't really a heist. It's just like, oh, I've got to burn the door down or whatever it is. Yeah, there's two distinct acts where, where that are scenes where that does happen. Like when putting Michael Pena in place as the security guard and all that stuff when they're mm-hmm. about to break in. But again, that doesn't even work out. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, no, it, it it's masquerading, I think. I right. do want to go on record as hating the fact that because he can turn small, he can talk to ants and they listen his, and <laughs> obey his commands. I need the movie to explain more than it does how that is possible. <laughs> it's just the transmitter, right? Is that That's their easy explanation they, to put yeah, it on. Yeah, it's like a transmitter. There's a one-line something in there, but even if that allows you to talk to them, why are they all instantly loyal to you? Look, <laughs> it's one of those things that step on us, only he's our size. They would be wanting to kill that fucker. Yeah, yeah. and this is another movie that throws in, like, hey, let's get a connection to the Avengers. Let's have him like, have to go into the Avengers le- compound yep. and run into mm. Anthony Mackie. Yep. Yeah, who's, who's not filming right now? Yeah. Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> Give me Papa Doc. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Whose power is wings? Never mind. Right, right. Okay, uh, back to something good. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Oh, yeah. boy. Boy, it would have been easy for them to miss on this after mm. Ghost Protocol. And this is just another big fat home run. Yeah. Now, the most attention went to Tom Cruise hanging off the side of the airplane, mm. as it should. When you know as a film viewer that the actor actually strapped himself to a plane for that scene. It adds to the realness for me, at least when Mm -hmm. I'm watching the movie, I know I'm not looking at CG fakery, Uh, but I'm going to skip right over that and just go, let's go right to the opera scene. Yeah. Because this is one of the finest action sequences of all time. It's great. Of all time. Like, and it makes James Bond. I'm I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh all right 
right. You guys, one of you guys take it from here. Um, <laughs> no, go for it. I was just going to say, makes James Bond's opera scene look oh, yeah. utterly stupid. Yeah. Um, well, and that's a smart one, too. It's one of those where it's like, I don't know what to do. I have to do I have to kill both of these guys in the, the amount of time that I have. And he's like, wait a minute. No, I don't have to kill both of these people. I can do something like really sneaky here yeah. and uh and uh and that's what i love about it and then plus also it it, it ain't bad seeing like a leg like <laughs> like what, what's her name <laughs> can't remember her name <laughs> is it rebecca ferguson rebecca ferguson <laughs> when she like when she's like getting ready for all that stuff and it's like the prominent leg just sitting there and you're like yeah i'm i don't care what happens in this scene i don't you know, I'll, I'll even forget your name it's uh that's how good it is <laughs> oh, shit. oh my god um, well, it's the exact opposite of how those avengers films and marvel films in general mm-hmm. and superhero films in general have cut action and you know sticking on even with that plane shot the cinema verite of just uncut yeah that's happening Lingering. that's happening yeah even if it were some sort of effect that's fucking amazing yeah 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 uh this is a home run for christopher mcquarrie yeah um and he even corrected a couple of our sins on twitter <laughs> he sure did <laughs> when we said this movie he's a very good sport about it yeah um but yeah i think it's just as enjoyable as ghost protocol i could watch either of them end to end at any moment they're just fun uh really well shot uh can't wait to see what they do next yeah exciting all right another amazing action film that came out mad max fury road Ooh, my yeah. balls yeah this is actually a very good year when it comes yeah. down to it. I mean, it was pretty top heavy with like great stuff. And you think you're about to get into a renaissance and then yeah. 2016. Happens. <laughs> um, but yes, go for it. Say something about it. Uh, we'll talk about, I mean, the reliance on practical effects here and you know, it's certainly not like an effects driven movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a tense thriller. Yep. But the, the fact that they do, do rely on practical effects for this makes it so much better. I mean, it's, it's, as basic of a story as you can get you're going one way down a road and then you're coming back down the road yeah yeah and it is from start to finish just the most enjoyable thriller one of the most enjoyable thrillers that i think i've ever seen yeah this is a very memorable experience for me we're talking about memorable viewing experiences chris and i were with kevin uh out in la and we saw this at the chinese theater yeah um where the walk of fame Uh and all the stars are um And we all walked out with our hair blown back. Like, yeah. <laughs> this movie is just, it just hits the gas and goes. And it maybe gives you three or four breaths. And yeah. it's almost exhausting in the best of ways. How in the world do they get that, that just that music and that just the cars going fast and like, and just like all the just different weird intense things that go on, you know, the, Man, that scene when Nicholas Holt is like, "What a lovely day!" and all that, <laughs> and then and like they have they gone through the whole like you know the sandstorm and all this other type of stuff. By the end of it, like once it's done and they're all like lying out in the the sand and everything, I heard a guy go. <sighs> i heard him do that that's exactly how you feel after yeah that. yeah because that's like probably 35 yeah. minutes into it or something they like that sh- where I, mean, nothing. I mean yeah it's like immediate like oh you know, like you know once he comes in and he's like uh where is everybody like and, and then he like starts sending them out yeah. it's just like boom it's just nothing but car chase and yeah. like every and it's just 
Oh my God. It's so good. And there's a, I mean, I'm, there's a lot of people who are like, you know, there's no story to this and all that, but I feel like there's a story. Oh, yeah. It's just that it's, it's not the plot of this movie necessarily. Like there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the background of this movie. Um, that is the, that is the real story of this movie. Like how, how they came to get to this position in life where water is such an, an important resource. And, uh, you know, the, the guy is breeding all these like women to like have his kids yeah. and everything like that. And they're basically, it's just nothing but his boys running around. <laughs> I think he calls them all his sons. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot. And, and then just the, just the general, like, uh, you know, it's, it's been called a feminist picture. And I remember watching it thinking, this is a very feminist picture because it's, you got Furiosa, who's the main character in this. And then you have a whole bunch of badass ladies who are yeah. like, you know, they, they have a bunch of pregnant ladies who are badass, and then they run into another, like, town of badass yeah. women. <laughs> yeah. And, well, and it's it, like, Max is, is a very distant character yeah. in this story. It's called Mad Max, but he's just kind of there to be like, oh, what what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> he's almost like the helper, right? Yeah. Uh, he's not. It's almost like Terminator 2, where uh, she's the main character, but the Terminator's there to help her out, even mm -hmm. though the movie's called Terminator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, keep talking about Tom Hardy? Yeah. We're going to talk about The Revenant, right? Yeah. yeah. I didn't misunderstand that the, email. Yeah now, yeah, now Tom Hardy continues to like talk through like some sort of like, what is he doing? Like every role has him talking like, he's talking really like, yeah. it's impossible to, in this one, he's got a great accent oh, though. Yeah. And I, I, and look, I love Tom Hardy. Just like every role, it seems like is he's trying to find out. How can I make myself less understandable than <laughs> than the last time? Maybe he's just trying to find the weirdest voice he can get away with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before director but tells yeah. him to stop. Do I love the Revenant? Uh, he only, he basically steals this movie. Uh, Leo won the Oscar. I think he deserved it. I think he's deserved it plenty of times. And he's Leo's great in this. the The joke is it's Leo grunting for two and a half mm -hmm. hours, and mm -hmm. that really bothers me because there've been a lot of characters that don't say a lot that still have a major impact on a story. Um, <clears throat> but what really sets this movie apart is the way Inaratu shoots his action scenes. And we get several long takes here, like that first native raid where yeah. they have to get to the boat and then that shot where he's on the horse jumping off the cliff. Mm -hmm. um, and then just the, the gorgeous cinematography of this winter wasteland. Uh, I remember um, a Reddit thread like three years before this movie where someone posted a link to the Wikipedia article about Hugh Glass, this guy who had been left for dead after a bear attack. This is mm. based on a true story. Yeah. He didn't have a son. Yeah. He wasn't going for vengeance on the son. He mm -hmm. was pissed. You left me for dead. And he crawled and he let maggots like eat the infections out of his mm. wounds. Uh, I ran upstairs to my wife and I was like, this would make such a good movie. <laughs> yeah. And then when I read that they were going to make it with the director of Birdman, Leo and Tom Hardy, I was like, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. It's all perfect. Yeah. This is one of those where the trailer came out and I was like, okay, I'm there. Yep. I'm yep. there. Absolutely. I'm there. Well, and isn't this another one with uh, Donald Gleason? Yeah. 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 He's, he's, like he's the, the captain. Head yeah. of their unit. Right? Yeah. He's he in had it. a good year. He did. Oh, no kidding. He did. The thing about this movie that, that you can only experience in the cinema. This is why I, I still love going to the movie theater every once in a while. Is the sound of this movie? Oh mm -hmm. yeah, makes it's immersive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've never heard a more realistic soundscape, and you know, the score is very sparse. Um, yeah, but the 
But in that native raid at the beginning, you hear like the arrows going by. The surround mm-hmm. sound is fantastic. Oh man, it's mm-hmm. good. Now Theory Road was the same way, although yeah. he was fucking with you on some of it because yeah. uh, it was just weird noises sometimes to the left or the right or what have you. But uh, you're right, the sound in this movie makes it great. It was a, mm. a tremendous theatrical experience for me. Inuritu uh, won the, his second Best Director Oscar in a row. It's amazing. But again, the Academy split. This is becoming a like a normal thing for the Academy. Like, it used to be rare. Mm. Now it happens all the time. Best Picture was Spotlight. Wow. <laughs> which you said you didn't watch. I haven't yet. seen it yet. Um, Spotlight um, is... Uh, it's about the basically the non-coverage of priests and the kids and all that yeah (laughs) well yeah sexual assault perpetrated throughout the catholic church (laughs) priests and the kids yeah you you said it the next yeah um but uh (laughs) i was about to say like the bill cosby way but that's even worse oh my god um and priests and the kids (laughs) (laughs) oh my god I thought I was bad for almost making a bad Santa reference after you said the priest and the kids. It's even worse. Okay. Oh, we are all going to hell. Yes. Well, since we are already doing it anyway, we might as well just say whatever we want. Um, But uh, but spotlight um, uh, is uh, it's very good because it's one of those movies. It's kind of like all the President's Men, Mm -hmm. where you take writers who are writing about a very difficult story to prove and they keep running in they keep running into this issue where nobody wants to talk yep. and and so like it becomes such that kind of story that you know Mark Ruffalo has his big moment in there where he's like you know he's like we've got to cover this now we've got to do something about this now and there's like and and Michael Keaton who's like the head of this like spotlight uh mm-hmm. section in their newspaper is like no we can't do it we yeah. can't we can't do that yet you know we got other things to write about this stuff right here nobody's talking about it's, you know? it's almost like zero dark 30 to me uh, mm-hmm. because yeah. it, it's about the dogged research to get to this and pouring through name after name after name after name until somebody talks yeah and that just opens up and you can see in rachel mcadams you could see like this combination of relief and excitement and just curiosity that finally after you know the guy just says a few words at the door mm-hmm. she's like that's yeah the end. that's the end that, that's such an uh, such a like bizarre scene yeah. and, and i'm wondering how close that is to what it really happened because because it feels real i you know i heard an npr uh interview with the the reporter that rachel mcadams is playing and she said that was very realistic of what oh happened. my god the guy would describe rape or molestation in completely different terms of self-justification. And, you know, to him, there's nothing wrong with it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and yes, the movie has super heavy themes and everything, mm-hmm. but it's so riveting. And it's not, you know, it's not a depressing, it's not sleepers or anything yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's a very interesting, riveting movie to see how these people interact. Ruffalo's terrific. Keaton is great. McAdams is great. Man, it, it, it John Slattery's terrific yeah. too in his role. Uh, this is an excellent, excellent movie. And it comes from Tom McCarthy, who was the was famously before this on the Wire uh, for the season where he writes about uh, the the uh, the, car- the the fake homeless killer that's yeah. in that one season. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's one of those things where the the 
McNulty makes up the killer and this guy makes up a whole bunch of stuff about it. And they both like in that season, like don't want to get caught, but they know each other. One or the other is full of shit or whatever. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, it's, it's very well done. Mm. I'm surprised at one best picture though. Yeah. Considering, you know, you had, you know, you gave the director to Inarutu and you said, you know, here's the Revenant. It's awesome. We're giving DiCaprio the Oscar. It felt like it was going to be another sweep for him. And then they, 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 I think they figured that Spotlight's a more important movie, mm-hmm. so we have to give that the best picture. But uh, good movie, though. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys see, ever see Concussion? I, I did. didn't. With Will Smith? I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it like a month ago. Um, it always seemed boring to me. Yeah. Um, Albert Brooks is in this. Oh, yeah? That may pique your interest. Mm-hmm. Albert Brooks yeah. is the boss of the institution that Will Smith's character works for. Um, and when he discovers, starts discovering evidence of this, you know, basically concussion led, what do they call it? CTE. Yeah. CTE. Uh, he has a lot of conversations with Albert Brooks about, you know, what, what can we say? What can we publish? Do you, and he supports him all the way and everything. Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Mm. And I think there's something, I don't know about the accent because it sounded authentic enough to me. I don't really know how people are supposed to sound wherever this guy originally came from. Um, but his performance is moving. Like, this is one of the most believes in the truth of his people. Like, he's basically mm-hmm. Superman in a doctored body. Like, he <laughs> just wants to get the truth out there. Yeah. And uh, he sells the performance. Uh, I think it's uh, timely enough. Yeah, uh, definitely. We're certainly seeing more and more concussion-related concerns in the NFL. Uh, the NFL is a shady bastard if they did half of what they do in this movie. Um, but uh, I liked I'd check it out. I'm yeah. not going to call it an A, but uh, I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. I've got this movie in the collection somewhere, and eventually I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the thing that I kept hearing before this movie came out, though, was that it was actually pulling a lot of punches uh, based on what was going on. Oh, wow um uh that in, in even even if they're pu- if they're pulling punches and it still can they still come out looking horrible then what what kind of really terrible stuff yeah going it on? didn't feel like punches were being pulled they wow. basically trump up charges against albert brooks mm-hmm. to get him fired wow. in an effort to lean on will smith not to continue publishing and pursuing his his work uh they, they come off pretty bad well and, and you know as far back as any given sunday the character james woods plays in that is uh he's a guy basically hired to say these guys are okay just yeah. put them back in yeah you know and he and there's that whole speech where it's like who am i to take away their dream and all that yeah. you know um but yeah i'll have to check that out um some other stuff uh straight out of compton yes came out yes and uh is this the first time in a long time my biopic has been this entertaining? I guess. I mean, when you when you say biopic, and I know we've had our discussions about the definitions of it, since this is a band-centric movie or retelling of the story, it can go in so many different directions that I think it, it prevents it from being stale. Mm-hmm. Like if it were just focused on Eazy-E or Dr. Dre or something like that. Uh, it Famously, of course, they uh, overlooked the charges against Dr. Dre yeah. uh, and his domestic assault case. So uh, it, it's very, very enjoyable, though. Is this? I thought you, what you were going to say earlier was, is this the first time a son has played his father and almost convinced me he was his yeah, father? Yeah, he nailed it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's. It, it, it's probably one of the first, if not the first. I don't even think. I think I remember looking it up, and he doesn't have like much of an acting resume 
prior to this. This is O'Shea Jackson, uh, Ice Cube's son? Ice Cube's son, mm-hmm. yeah, playing Ice Cube. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. he's great at Maybe it. Maybe my favorite, besides Giamatti, uh, my favorite actor in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But this is the type of thing that I think they, instead of just finding all their different little high points that they had or whatever, where it's like, uh, here's when they made this song and yeah. here's when they made that one and and uh, here's when they argued a couple of times or whatever. They, there's a lot of like really entertaining tidbits in this, uh, especially when once Ice Cube breaks off as a solo yeah. artist and, you know, in NWA makes that diss track about him and then he's like, he hears it in yeah. the very next scene. He's like, God damn, I'm <laughs> glad you guys set it off. You know? And, um, and like then them listening to him come back in like the most vicious way possible, yeah. and they're all just listening to it, going, "Oh my god, oh he got us, he got us." And there was the one guy's like, kind of funny though. <laughs> and uh, and just the you know, there's the part where he has that interview with the one guy, and he mm-hmm. and and I and he's like sitting there going, "I'm just I'm just like you guys. I just I tell what." going on in the streets and everything and he just finds out this is just a sandbag reporter or whatever and, mm-hmm. and he's like he's like i'm sorry man we got off on the wrong foot what's your name again and he's like he's like eat a dick bob or whatever <laughs> <laughs> um there's a lot of like really just just entertaining tidbits in this thing and uh, and and man they're playing fuck the police in detroit when yeah. like they're the cops told them they can't do it yeah. and all that there's a lot of like great just awesome like this is what i want to see out of a, a biopic and yeah, that's true. And, and just the little illusions, like when they're in the middle of Dre's mansion and Snoop is over and they're just like, <laughs> he's playing them for the first time, nothing but a G thing. And I guess, I mean, when I when I say they don't like it on biopics where they're just like, well, here's this, what this is what happened, this is what happened, this went. I mean, in a, and technically that is what Straight Out of Compton is doing, mm. but they're more entertaining yeah. about it and everything. It's just like, oh, you know, that's, that you feel. You feel a little bit more involved with these yeah. these type of things. Um, I, one that one part though that I was like, just cut that out or whatever, please or whatever. He's like, when he has his break off with Suge Knight, and yeah. and uh, he's like, what are you going to call this label? The aftermath. <laughs> and it's like this big zoom in on his face, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny, but. Man, it, yeah, I, this is a great movie. Yeah, it is. It's way better than Jersey Boys. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's another band biopic. Yeah, yeah. They, they fight a lot. And yeah, they, yeah. You don't see the similarities? Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, I. It was just a. We didn't expect it. <laughs> All right. Well, did you see Jersey Boys? Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> what you're saying? Who, who did that? Clint, it was, uh, Clint Eastwood. It was, uh, Eastwood. Based on the musical my mother loved. Mm-hmm. But I should tell you all you need to know, really. You don't need to see that movie. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, what else, guys? Well, another movie that dropped off for me after the, the beginning was so promising was Creed. Mm. And this is another movie in this year that harkens back to our childhoods. And it's essentially the Rocky story all over again with Rocky Balboa playing the Mick character. Um, and uh, with Michael B. Jordan playing the Rocky character. Yeah. And it's still fun. It's still enjoyable. I liked it, but uh, yeah, it didn't deliver on its promise, I don't think. Uh, I, I, I liked it maybe a little bit more than you did, mm. And but the problem again is we are again rehashing everything yep. down to the point that Apollo Creed's son is in this. <laughs> yeah. and so you're saying Creed is, a, is too much new hope? 
Yeah, very much. Well, I think I mentioned this before. There were three part sevens in this year. Oh, yeah. It was Star Wars, and it was Creed, and I believe, um, what was the other one? Uh, uh, Ice Age? Yeah, probably Ice Age. No, Furious 7 was the other one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it probably was. Uh, no, Ice Age was at 14 by this point. <laughs> it was way past that. Um, but yeah, it was. it's, it's uh, astounding, astonishing to me that yeah. there were three sevens, and Creed was one of them, but... I really like this. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is really good in this. I I I didn't like they. There was one little small part in there where they where Rocky uh, tells us who won the fight at the end of the Rocky Three. <laughs> yeah. You know where they had the the freeze frame. Uh-huh, right? uh-huh. I'm like, no, yeah. no, <laughs> don't tell us that. I'm like, okay, it makes total sense that he won, but come on, yeah. I don't. I, I like thinking about it in my head more than you <laughs> telling us what happened. Um. But uh, but yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that movie pretty good. Um, another movie that came out, The Hateful Eight. Yeah, The Hateful Eight. Um, Quentin Tarantino had. I think the story behind this was that he wrote a screenplay that got leaked. Yeah, and then he had to change it. He refused uh, to do it after after yeah. it came out. He refused to do it. Then I don't know if it precipitated it, but they did some sort of like live read. Yeah, and there was so much of a positive response to it that he he said. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I don't know if that was the only reason that he did it, but uh, I think this is up there in in definitely the top third of my favorite Tarantino movies. Wow. I really, really like I'm this I'm off movie. on an island. You guys said something when we were talking about uh, Django about this that made me think you guys like this more than me. This movie bores me to tears. Oh, really? Mm. It is long. It I is. Just, I, I can't, I can't get into any of these characters. I can't. It feels like a table read. It feels like Tarantino pulling all of his favorite actors and putting them in an isolated situation and doing a play. And yeah, I just I'm, I don't know what it is. Maybe I need to give it another shot. But I was uh, really surprised how boring I found it. Yeah. And I don't know if I would put it in the upper third of mm. I mean, I'd have to like actually count them out and see if i would actually <laughs> I don't know what the math is yeah um uh but uh i mean I, I i think it does take a little bit too long to get to the actual uh in or whatever mm. the fuck it is but i do like i do like the idea of this it's it's very much because of kurt russell's appearance because of the snow and everything i mentioned this in the way back one of our yeah. earlier episodes how much of the thing this feels like mm-hmm. because and and i'm pretty sure he came out tarantino came out and said that was one of the inspirations because it's another one of those like you know like who is the villain amongst us yeah. type of things and um and so i really enjoyed that i really enjoy the ennio morricone score which he finally he won yeah. an oscar for yeah um and uh, i believe it was his first actual real oscar too it was wow. like he had he had gotten a lot of, i think he'd gotten a lifetime uh, achievement award or something <laughs> like crazy that <laughs> but it was a, achievement before yeah, an actual oscar. but i don't think he had ever won before wow. and um but uh really like that and i and i do like the sort of the agatha christie Tim yeah. indians type of uh, way this goes goes about um but yeah i can see what you're saying too is that it it's it kind of can get boring and long and uh, but I do enjoy these stories that these guys tell. I yeah, really, I kind of that, yeah. that's what brings me in. And Samuel L. Jackson, I mentioned, I think this is one of one of his better performances. Mm-hmm. And Walton Goggins is really, really good in this. Yes, he is. Uh, and and I think this he's going to I mean, is Walton Goggins ever going to be that actor we see in a lot of movies? And he's just I mean, yeah, I mean, he may be the next Donald Gleason. <laughs> 
He might be. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, everybody loved him in Justified, right? And then yeah. they, and and they and they love him in this. But I just don't see him like attached to a lot of things, and mm. I guess it's kind of hard to get that guy. He he he's not he's not like an ugly guy or anything. He's just uh, he's a character actor. Mm. But it, I feel like there's like they're having a hard time putting him and stuff, or he or he's choosy about what he goes into. Yeah. Um. But he's great. I mean, he's just really great in this, and mm. it's just he's he's always welcome every time I see him in any movie. Mm-hmm. Um. So what else you guys got? Let's talk about a movie called Joy. Oh, okay. okay. I've Jennifer, never seen it. Oh, well, don't. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> nominated again, I yeah. believe, because it's David O. Russell, yep. and the two of them do something. It's gold, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of the most annoying movies that has Robert De Niro in it since The Intern. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. How about that? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> this is basically telling the story over the course of a few decades of this woman who gets this idea for the self rinsing mop right the, the kind that you've all used where you go over the sink and you pull the thing down at the end and it squeegees itself out and you don't have to touch it or yeah. pull this hard lever or whatever that's that's her story uh-huh. she invents this mop and all of her struggles to get it on qvc yay that's the story it's basically <laughs> did you ever see that old show with billy mays before he died it was called Pitchman, I think, and it was basically him and the other guy that sells OxyClean. Oh, and I know would, who you're talking about. Yeah. They would have people come to them with inventions, and they would pick some, make an infomercial, and if it sold well enough, they would put it on the market or whatever. This is basically that in dramatic form. Mm. I And I know when I said this on Twitter, there was at least one person that wanted to slap me down because they loved this movie, but this movie is just pure fucking boredom. Mm. It's like, do you want to go we- read a long Wikipedia article about the girl who invented the self-ringing mop? <laughs> mm-hmm. No. No. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to watch a movie about it? Mm-hmm. See, n- yeah. you've convinced me. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another great movie that came out in 2015. This is a great year. Like really I said, was. like every like thing that just is, is really is good is like really good. And another movie I've seen many times, The Big Short, came yeah. out in 2015, uh, talking about the uh, financial disaster. And we're talking about, you know, like people who basically saw a weakness in the system and exploited it. So all the characters in this movie, you could technically say are actually kind of bad guys in mm-hmm. a way, but they found a way that, you know, they found something to profit from because the banks were stupid. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and ultimately, I don't care that they're kind of villainous in that way because they exploited a, a, a weakness in the system so many great people in this yeah. steve carell's great ryan gosling may be in his best performance ever in this movie yeah i think it's it's his broadest yeah he shows the most range i think here yeah and and he's basically the narrator of the story yeah. but it's very entertaining yeah. narrating and uh and i love how Every time there's something complex that they have to discuss, they go to somebody like Margot Robbie in a bubble bath or <laughs> Selena Gomez or, you know, somebody like that. And they're, and they explain these really complex things that are going on. Um, uh, and Christian Bale is, is in this. Mm-hmm. He's great in it. I mean, there's just a million. Brad Pitt is Brad terrific. Pitt. Um, there's a, there's just a million great people in it. And, and like the there's a I, I love this scene. Steve Carell is in a strip club, 
and the stripper is like sitting there going like i have four houses and all this <laughs> other stuff and he's like how do you pay for all those things and she, and he's like it's not a, she doesn't even really know what's going on or anything and as soon because they're just trying to figure out if there is even a bubble to exploit and like as soon as he has that stripper scene you see him on the phone there's a bubble yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and uh and and at the very end of it too where you know he's talking about like you know you know they're gonna they're gonna just pay these guys off and then mm. what they're gonna do they're gonna blame all these different people and everything and it goes into the gosling narration but that's not what happened he's like all the people who were involved with the scandal they were sent to jail and blah 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 it goes through all this happiness he's like actually no none of that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but the big short is a movie that is a step above what adam mckay had been doing yeah no kidding and he had been doing great comedies but this is way I did would have never guessed he had this in him. No, it's brilliant. I don't know how you present it. It's something as catastrophic and huge as that, but also complex. Mm-hmm. It's not something that you typically can mine comedy out of. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's just really really smart. I yeah. love it. I love. Oh it. yeah, and and I, maybe out of the all the movie in 2015, I've seen several of these things many times. Ex Machina, The Big Short mad max i've seen those multiple times and i can't say that about a lot of movies that have happened in this decade mm-hmm. uh and it's all in this one year there's mm-hmm. like a ton that i've just seen multiple times Furious seven i know you watch that oh shit. my god <laughs> religiously yeah you can just put that on in the background um <laughs> one movie that i don't want to see again and that i know everybody loves is room oh yeah and man, I mean, it's just, it's so uncomfortable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great performance by yeah. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Right? And the kid, Jacob Tremblay, yeah. I think is, is his name. It's beautifully shot. It's tense as hell, but I'm good with it. I've seen it. I don't ever need to see that. I haven't movie. seen it. Is it just creepy or what's the deal? Uh, it's It's basically watching this poor woman get systematically abused and sh- well, shelter her kid from it. Okay. It's not that you see a lot of that no happening. no 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 not yeah obviously it, it you it's implied and there's a lot of like you know some dialogue with the guy that is you know keeping her in this room um the i've seen this movie twice mm. um i think a lot like a lot of movies once it gets past its main obstacle and then it's it's going through all the aftermath. The aftermath of this movie is just as long as the obstacle. It's also arguably as devastating. Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the scene where the kid sees the sky yeah. is one is one of the scenes that every time I see it, I'm just like, oh my god, that's that's so sad. That's the scene where yeah. you come up for air. So happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I said sad, but it, it's really happy. Yeah. Like it's just one of those like, oh my god, I feel what that guy that kid is feeling right now um but yeah i love room i know exactly what it's just like any of those movies Mm. where it you don't really do you really watch a movie like this for entertainment value is the question yeah and they haven't invented a good enough word for this yeah you know like movies like schindler's list and you know stuff that talks about really tough things things are important i mean and, and what interestingly i guess i just avoided them inadvertently but I didn't get any spoilers for this movie. In fact, anybody that talked to me about this movie or anything I read said, you don't, you shouldn't know anything about this movie mm-hmm. before you go into yeah. it. And I think that ultimately made it a better viewing experience and more tense. Yeah. But, 
It was I the same for me. I, I mean, I didn't know. I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. I just knew that it was called room and that was it. And and you're just sitting there going, what's going on in this? I don't really under, I don't know what's going on. And then it becomes very clear. Yeah. It, not to be confused with The Room. Yeah. Very different movies. Yeah. And you know what? I am. I'm, I'm a little upset at the filmmakers for calling this movie Room. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. when you have a movie that is so well known as The Room for being that bad, you can you have to always like say I love that movie Room, you know the one that was in 2015 <laughs> and and Brie Larson was in it and all. You have to like describe yeah. like call it something else, man. Yeah. Call it Chamber. I don't really care. Uh, I still have Brooklyn on my list. Okay, I still have yet to see Brooklyn. Um, another chance to say her name if you'd like. <laughs> well, Searsha Ronan, and also Donald Gleason yeah. is in this, right? Yeah, and this is basically uh, an immigrant who falls in love here and then goes back home to Ireland mm-hmm. to visit her mother, who's intent on fixing her up with this other boy. And she genuinely feels things for both of these guys and ultimately has to decide to stay in her homeland and be with this guy or go back to America where this guy's waiting on her because she promised she'd come back like weeks ago. Um, It's really just a cute, quaint little, you know, drama romance story, but it's mostly just a chance for her to show off. Mm -hmm. She's really good in this and it's subtle. It's not it's not really showy acting. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I was. I was charmed. I was pleasantly surprised because yeah. the, the premise of it doesn't necessarily appeal to me, but it, it did to my wife. And so we watched it and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a beautiful movie, too, yeah. it, especially the shots of Ireland. And, oh, yeah. You know, it's an interesting place to put because she had no future whatsoever in, in Ireland. Right. And when she gets back, she's like, yeah, well, maybe uh, I can see like something for me here. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I agree with you. It's a very charming yeah. movie. Yeah. Still need to see it. Uh, and, uh, and I ha- it's another one in the collection. It's also the collection. been, it's been like in, on HBO recently, but every time it's on HBO, it's been like 20 minutes into it. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. Um, okay. So I'm going to rattle them down. Um, rattle them. Bridge of Spies was a Spielberg movie with the Coen brothers writing. Yeah. Um, and that make it, it primes you for something really great. This movie's good. Yeah, just okay. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Yeah, I, I I wish I guess it was, I wish it was a little. I mean, I like how Hanks goes through this and like gets you know he he sort of negotiates all this stuff and everything's really cool and uh, and um, Mark Rylance yeah, won, the he, won the yeah, Oscar. Yeah, who did he beat? Because there was a clear favorite. Maybe it was Tom Scrooge. Hardy. Maybe it was Sylvester oh, Stallone. Oh yeah, it was Tom Hardy. Oh yeah. no, it was Stallone. I think. No, it was Stallone. I believe. Like uh, I think a lot of people wanted to finally right. give him yeah. one, and and it was Rylance. But and I remember. I remember watching it and I was like, Rylance is so good in this. Why are we giving Stallone like what amounts to a, you know, lifetime achievement (laughs) award. I've, I've gotten a lot of mixed uh, reviews on bridge of spies. I mean, I, I ended up liking it overall. There's some people who just outright don't like it. Mm. Um, uh, Another one. um, I never saw the Danish girl. Did you see the Danish girl? Um, Steve. I saw the Danish girl. Did you? Yeah. It's at the cross dressing. Yeah. Eddie Redmayne. Transgender one. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw it. I liked it a lot. And Lady Al- Redmayne's uh, really well. Alicia Vikander was in it too. Yeah, and she's really good in it. Um, you know, it's it's a period piece. Um, so it's in a lot of ways. Okay, I'm about to say something that might make me sound really terrible. It, it was the same experience and feeling I had watching Carol. Okay, which also kind of came out this year, I yeah. think. Um, about now, this is more about lesbians mm-hmm. than any kind of transgender thing. But the gist of the movie is trying to face society with this secret that if you share you will be 
punished for, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but Eddie Redmayne's great, and I think he's one of our best young actors. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I'm looking forward to everything he does. Um, another, like, really good movie, and, I, and, and now that I've seen it more over the past month or so, Steve Jobs oh, yeah. is another movie I've seen multiple times. It's, it, I think it suffers from, sad to say, but oversaturation of Jobs. Yeah. In, in culture, we had the Ashton Kutcher movie mm-hmm. version that came out before this. Several years back, there was one with Noah Wiley in it on mm-hmm. TV. Um, and, and he's just ubiquitous. He's been everywhere. We know everything there is to know about this man. But, but Fassbender is so good in this. He's amazing in it. Uh, that it's, it's definitely worth watching. It's not... It's not something that I would tell you to rush out and see, but it, I think it was really good. Yeah, um, I I really, really, really like this. And more and more it comes on, and I'm sitting there watching it, I just get mesmerized by it. More Aaron Sorkin, this is Danny Boyle doing this movie, but uh, Jeff Daniels again, great in this. Seth Rogen in a completely different Surprisingly role. Surprisingly good. Uh, you have Michael Stuhlbarg in this. Really good stuff. Kate Winslet is a, mm-hmm. another like kind of role we've never seen her in before. Uh, really enjoy that movie um trumbo which has brian cranston in it um uh, he plays blacklisted writer trumbo mm. who ends up uh, writing spartacus is one of is mm. one of the big ones or whatever but um it's you know it's uh, during the uh you know the whole the mccarthyism mm. and everything and he gets named in this whole this whole thing and he continues to write but not under his own name and he actually i think he wins like two or three oscars or something huh. like that but he can never accept the award huh. but uh but cranston really good in that and everything uh it's an enjoyable movie you remember that seinfeld episode where <laughs> elaine's dating a communist and she gets him blacklisted oh. from hop sings <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy goes, she named names <laughs> yeah, 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 yes um all right so i'm gonna go through all these like uh big movies and i'm gonna skip a few 50 shades of gray came out that's terrible um uh 50 shades of gray had a great trailer though because it had that slowed down version of beyonce's crazy in love oh yeah 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 and uh i had actually read the book uh just because i was curious Mm -hmm. and it is it is the worst piece of fiction i've read dime store like romance novels when i was bored at my grandmother's house when i was a kid this is the worst piece of fiction i've ever read mm-hmm. in my entire well, life. well and it's based on twilight it's, it's, it's twilight yeah, fan yeah. fiction um but uh but uh, you know what uh, out of 50 shades of gray i do like dakota johnson hmm. i think she's an appealing actress i just wish she was in stuff that's not this <laughs> yeah indeed uh and i and i saw her in that uh, how to be single movie i saw that and 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 she's oh she's okay in that too it's mm. like i feel like you have something more in you <laughs> that i you know i wish they would get you in a better movie she's gonna be naked and spanked on film for the next three or four movies yeah, that's yeah. gonna be yeah i'm not judging anybody who gets naked on film by yeah. the way I'm or just spanked. Saying, oh, oh i am no, i'm just kidding <laughs> or spanked um and then we had uh, a couple of comedies that uh, a lot of people like. Spy and Trainwreck uh-huh. came out. Uh, Spy is good. I liked mm-hmm. Spy. It was an uh, entertaining movie. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. The thing about Melissa McCarthy in this one, it's very easy to go back to her, like, you know, be a doofus and all that other type of stuff. She's not a doofus yeah. in this movie. And I really enjoyed that. And I really enjoyed Rose Byrne in it and, and uh, Jude Law. I think the movie, once there's not anything funny, they resort to F-bombs like, 
yeah. 50 times in a scene and you're just like, okay, you just you didn't know what to say here, did you? Yeah. You're just saying a bunch of F-bombs. Um, Jason Statham's pretty funny. Yeah. It, 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 he's the only time I've ever seen him funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then uh, and then Trainwreck, which is the Amy Schumer movie. What you think about that? Uh, yeah, right. Judd Apatow is always his worst en- is the worst enemy of the movie. He he his movies are just too long. He mm. he's in and it's it's an indulgence on his part. He thinks everything he shoots, I think, is funny. Or maybe he shoots way more than we. I mean, maybe he shoots like way more. But a lot of times, scenes go a little bit too long, yeah. and a lot of times there's scenes that don't need to be there. And it's like, well, I enjoyed. I it feels like I enjoyed filming that, so I should put it in. And yeah. when and then when it ends up in the movie, it's like, eh, it doesn't. I always go back to the scene in Funny People where Eminem shows up, yeah. and the guy's like, he's he's like, you fucked up. And I'm like, that's the type of scene I'm talking about. Yeah. It's not funny. It's just, oh, you got Eminem, you got to put him in, and and you left it in. Um, I do think LeBron and. Um, the wrestler guy are both. Oh yeah, John Cena. Yeah, they come great. out of this looking the best of anyone. Yeah, they both great. had comic chops. I was not expecting. <laughs> yeah, John Cena, and, man, in that movie theater where he's just like he gets in the argument with that guy. Oh he's yeah, like, I will enter you. Yeah. I will penetrate <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, and and Amy Schumer, I, I and I like Amy Schumer, but it just feels like it's like this is sort of her stand-up uh, shtick or mm-hmm. whatever, and let's make a character around that. And they and they didn't give much for Bill Hader, who's a great comic actor. It's the actor. least funny I've ever seen him. Yeah, he is he is like a go to comic actor, and he's sort of the boring schlub in this. Mm-hmm. So I, that's where I, I mean, it, there's some. It's just one of those. There's some funny moments in it here and there, and it's 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 average. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tomorrowland, which was a big disappointment from Brad Bird, made me sad. <laughs> Um, I wanted to love. Well, remember we were uh, way back when we were hoping Brad Bird would do a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there was some sort of talk that maybe he might do a Star Wars movie. He's like, "No, guys, I got this original movie that I'm really interested. That I'm Super really secret. Yeah, I'm really excited about. And yeah, it, it's <laughs> not. Oh, it's not good. No, it didn't. I, and I remember the trailer was like, "I really want to see that movie." Yep. And the movie's just not, it's not good. Yeah, it's not there. Um, Sorry, everybody. Yeah. Um, then there's Terminator Genesis. Oh, burn it with fire. Uh, so bad. Burn it. There's a lot of bad. <laughs> Taken 3 was bad. Uh, Sisters, which I've talked before, like Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, I want to see them in a movie together. I just want to see one where Tina Fey actually writes the screenplay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Sisters is one of those movies that just, it just, uh, just right on the, it's right on that cusp. If Tina Fey had done it, it would have been better. <laughs> um, uh, you mentioned the intern. <laughs> have you seen it yeah it's it's funny i mean it's funny that you mentioned the intern it's not funny um uh it just i don't know it's just a i don't know it's just a movie that they make to get a paycheck and move on and hathaway i mean you got some great people in this yeah hey what if we got an intern and he was really old yeah that's a genius (laughs) yeah put de niro in he's doing all those grandpa roles these days um okay another disappointment was black mass a movie mm. that johnny depp is good in but man i hate the movie so i didn't like it at all yeah and it's way more violent than i mean i know what it's about but it's way more violent than it needs to be yeah um, this is basically the the nicholson character in the departed yeah is whitey based on whitey bold yeah yeah the the really terrible fantastic four movie came out 
uh, Focus, which had Will Smith and Margot Robbie. Did you guys see that? Mm-mm. I saw it. You did you? Was yeah. it good? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's not as good as it thinks it is. It mm-hmm. thinks it's like a really good David Mamet quality heist, mm-hmm. and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got a nice, cool vibe, a little bit of an Ocean's feel here and there. Oh, yeah? Basically a con movie. Um, cool. a, a really big one that I haven't seen, and I'm really uh, sad to say that I haven't, is Sicario. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I'm on the same boat. And Me too. This is a movie that. <laughs> oh, we're going to get roasted. <laughs> we Everyone are. loves this movie. <laughs> this guy made a rival. Yeah. And we all loved that. And none of us have seen this. Oh, we're so dead. Well, just, I mean, here's the thing a movie like this comes out. It's out for like three weeks. It didn't yeah. didn't hit nearly as much as they wanted it to. And I remember the build up to it. I'm like, ah, I got to see that. And then it was out for three weeks. And then by the time it's like, I'm oh, tired, time to see the Sicario. And <laughs> just out of the theaters. And then it comes out on video. And you're like, when am I going to have time to put that on? <laughs> and it's not just like regularly on HBO or anything. Uh, I can't right. watch it there either. So um yeah sorry everybody <laughs> none of us have seen sicario we promise we will in the future and we'll talk about it after we all have i do know that benicio del toro is a badass in this movie and that's how i like my my benicio del toro yeah. i don't like my benicio del toro doing heineken commercials you don't like him I in excess him. baggage i kind of <laughs> like him in excess baggage there's a great moment in excess baggage by the way with benicio del toro yeah where they're in that diner or whatever and alicia silverstone steals that guy's money and benicio del toro is just sitting there he's like she stole your money (laughs) 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 oh that's funny um another movie called the gift came out in 2015 joel edgerton directed and starred in it and it's great it is awesome it's a great movie yes um at jason bateman and rebecca hall and it's and it's one of these like oh i saw this yeah and it's like it starts off like stars in it joel yeah i mentioned that you did (laughs) i just heard i just heard the directing part yeah um, i'm sorry i didn't realize i'd seen this no it's really good you know it starts off uh you're like okay this is your typical home invasion creepy fatal mm. attraction type movie or whatever but it's got some surprises for Ooh, you it's got huge surprises yeah. yeah and uh and by the end of it you, you have uh, some questions you have a some, little bit of a kaiser soze type yeah. of situation happening yeah man i i really enjoyed it it was a, i think it might have been the surprise of 2015 for me um the night before came out a decent comedy with yeah, uh, seth rogan and everything krampus which i didn't like at all um and then there is... Can I mention two movies that are kind of related? Go for it. I actually could put uh, the Amy Winehouse documentary in here, too. Uh, but two movies that kind of seem similar to me. One was uh, the Kurt Cobain documentary, Montage of Heck, mm. uh, that was really strangely done. It If you're a Nirvana fan or a Kurt Cobain fan, it's a deep dive. They interview his mom and his stepmom and his dad and everything. And there's some parts that are animated and everything. It's really interesting. <laughs> Uh, but the one that, because it, it's almost like he was paralyzed by his success, that was kind of the narrative on Kurt Cobain. And then there was a, a movie called The End of the Tour that came out this year, uh, which is about David Foster Wallace. And uh, five days that this Rolling Stone interviewer came out and interviewed David Foster Wallace. You know who I'm talking about, the writer? Yeah. So, yeah. I haven't seen the movie. Um, and Jason Siegel plays David Foster Wallace, and Jesse Eisenberg plays uh, oh, David Lipsky. I read that they're great in this. It is really amazing. It's a very good... I love David Foster Wallace. I haven't read Infinite Jest, actually, but his his other stuff is really, really engaging. 
And he's one of the greatest modern American authors out there. And Jason Siegel and Jesse Eisenberg have their shtick. Like one's the lovable schlub and then one is the sarcastic Jesse Eisenberg character. And they disappear into these roles. Hmm. Like it's really cool to see them. You don't think that you're watching Jesse Eisenberg and Jason Siegel. Um, so it's it's definitely worth a, a watch. Yeah, I think I remember reading about that and wanting to see it yeah it's really really good um well and you you mentioned something like that a a movie called true story came out with james franco and jonah hill that too yeah and uh jonah hill is basically been handpicked by this guy who's accused of killing his wife and kids to tell his story and of course we don't know what's true about the story and everything basically franco is telling this guy he's innocent and he's telling his you know his story and everything and you know it's it's just things start not adding up throughout mm. but it's jonah hill and james franco not being funny ah, yeah at a, all. yeah it's a it's a dramatic story and it's uh i, I guess it's average it's not yeah. it's not a great movie by any means but it's interesting to see those actors uh you know being that way well you know? and i would go so far as to not recommend it but yeah. <laughs> um dur- during the course of his interviews jonah hill gets a book deal for mm-hmm. like half a million dollars mm-hmm. and then at the end franco's just been fucking with him oh it was wow. all lie. Huh. and i'm hard pressed to feel sorry for either of these characters because at the very start of it jonah hill is already a disgraced writer mm-hmm. who got in trouble for making something up and this is his shot back at redemption, and it ends up being all made up because he didn't fact check anything. Hmm. Anyway. Um, so It Follows actually came out in this year, and I really enjoyed the uh, I really enjoyed the premise of this movie. Um, and we talked a little bit about this when Modern Horrors came in here. Uh, I, I still think that it could have been way better as far as, you know, things in the background people in the background could be anybody yeah and meanwhile it's always these slimy looking naked characters that are in the background if it could have been the cheerleader in the background (laughs) or if it could have been somebody else that movie would have been way more effective uh Uh, as is what we've got is a movie that's gets kind of scary i mean you know you get this basically what amounts to a sexually transmitted disease yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) it kills you and uh and uh the it's gonna keep following you until you pass it along so that premise is extremely original and and i think well executed except for the fact that it's a bunch of naked people and people on roofs and (laughs) stuff like that but uh really really well done uh vibe i like the vibe and the look of that movie yeah did you guys like specter at all oh yeah specter Mm -hmm. missed that one not much i didn't like this at all um how much <laughs> you know why i'm gonna tell you why and this is maybe different than anybody like i'm i didn't dislike the movie on its merit i disliked the movie because they did that con yeah. cumberbatch bullshit with casting christoph waltz and denying he was blofeld for yeah. a year yeah. and a half yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was so obvious that's what he was going to be i don't think the movie holds up on its merit anyway but it really pissed me off yeah. don't do stop doing that yeah just like the john snow's never mind i should shut up <laughs> well and just i i feel like a a fairly sloppy way of connecting all the other bonds to to specter and mm. everything and and they and they do this thing where it's like 
they've operated in se- they're, they've got their fingers in everything and they've operated in secret for years yeah. like no bullshit yeah. bullshit <laughs> immediately bullshit you know just, sorry you just can't do that um but uh i mean it just it wasn't a, it wasn't a fun movie at mm. all um but yeah didn't like it uh we and we're also talking about big big movies that uh you know, like Hunger Games Mocking Jay Part Two that uh, finally ended the, the put series. that out of misery finally. Um, I, I, another movie I didn't see that I got a little bit of buzz, and we talked about Tom Hardy earlier was Legend, talking about the Cray brothers. Yeah, he plays both roles, and oh, I yeah. never saw this. Did I you? saw the first half, and something pulled me away, mm. and I was not compelled enough to go back. I guess. <laughs> and uh, um, I like Tom Hardy, but yeah, I, I it's another one that's on my list. Pitch Perfect Two came out. Oh, um, that was that was ter- That was really bad. That was yeah, paint by numbers. It was yeah. uh, Haley Steinfeld was in that. It's all her fault. Yep, it is. It really is. <laughs> she ruined the series. <laughs> I, I really like blaming her for everything. Mm. That's all the ills in the world. <laughs> okay, I think we're ready to vote. All right, today's order is Barrett, Jeremy, and Chris. Woo! Mm. I should probably make my pick. Mm. You haven't made it yet, man. It is up between a couple of different things. And I'm going to go with The Revenant. Uh, the Revenant mm. was just, I i was in awe of this movie. Yeah. I mean, just from start to finish, it, it was similar to Gravity, uh, where like you, you exhaled at the end of it and you didn't realize you'd been gripping the, the right. armrest the whole time. And uh, it was alternately terrifying and thrilling and beautiful. And I've never seen another movie like it. And uh, yeah, that's definitely my pick. That's a good pick. Yeah, my heart wants to vote the Martian, but my brain is making me vote Ex Machina. Mm. Ah, mm. gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in, for similar reasons, uh, premise-wise, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. This is a, as as high concept as high concept gets, and those movies rarely play out to be as good as the concept that hooked you. This one, I think is even better than the concept that hooked me. Um, and just everything makes perfect sense to me that happens at the end of this movie, even while it's shocking the mm-hmm. crap out of me. Um, super, super inventive. That's my pick. We're going one round. Ex Machina is my pick. Ah, um, all right. Sorry, Leo. Uh, <laughs> Ex Machina, I think I saw that early in 2015, and there were a lot of movies that tried to knock it off uh, from Mad Max Fury Road mm-hmm. to uh, The Big Short to The Revenant, all these movies that came out that I've seen so many times. Uh, but every time I just ended up saying that's the better movie. But mm-hmm. every time it's such a good movie, man. <laughs> I think it's funny that the movie that wins this is a recurrent cinema sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's just ingrained in the consciousness, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's not why I voted for this movie. Right. For the record. No, man. This is another movie that I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. just the way you're right. All the pieces fit in perfectly in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we have a winner. Second pick. Hot dog. What we was going to be your second? Huh? What was going to be your second? Uh, I'd have to look. Revenant, I think. Right. I would have put Mad Max as my second. Oh, okay. I didn't have The Martian movie. on my list. It just wasn't in the top three. 
we uh we have recently been sponsored by nature box and yeah. we're we are going to we're going to do some more nature box today mm-hmm. that's never a bad thing it's never a bad thing i love the shit that they send us man yeah. <laughs> 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 you think they'll let us keep that in? <laughs> I hope so, because it's definitely our style. I'll say, it, I'll say it another way. I love the stuff that they give us, man. Yeah, it's really know. good stuff. Um, and and you know what? I'm a candy person, so I always have these watermelon mini star things. Mm-hmm. They're really good. Just, so those are good. I try to eat those uh, instead of going and like you know getting like a big huge like. It happened to me today, as I was telling Chris on the way here. I was starving. I hadn't eaten all day. Went into one fast food restaurant. Nobody at the counter. Went to another fast food restaurant. Nobody at the counter. So I was totally cock blocked from eating <laughs> until I get here and I just take those dark chocolate almonds and just start just <laughs> guzzling them. And I feel so much better. I feel good. I'm snacking healthy. I mean, you're probably not supposed to eat the whole bag, but. I thought it was awesome. I, I got to say something inappropriate too now. Yeah, well, I mean, apparently, that. apparently, we can also say cock block in the, in the sad. So here I will go. I fucking love that turkey jerky. Yeah, it was awesome. now I have been a turkey jerky snob my entire life, and by that I mean I don't eat it ah, because yeah. I like beef jerky, mm-hmm. and turkeys aren't for jerkying. Mm-hmm. Turkey, you're just trying to make me healthier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, here I get the same or better flavor. And I'm getting the healthier. You don't get that stringiness. Either. To the point mm-hmm. where after after the last time we did one of these and we finished off that bag of turkey jerky, I went out and tried to buy some turkey jerky and said, well, maybe turkey jerky is not as bad as I thought. Nope. It's terrible. Yeah. Ah, it's just it's not as good. Version. At least uh, the two brands I've tried so far, not not holding a candle. Mm-hmm. I, even the stuff that I'm like, I don't know if I want to have this or not. Like, There's like a variety of stuff that's in this box that they sent us or whatever. I try it and I'm like, man, that's really good. Yeah. You know, like you're like, I don't know about that. And you eat it and it's like, oh, this this is really tasty. Yeah. Well, and it's helpful if you don't like something. Not only do you you can make sure you never get it again, but um, I think they're still claiming they'll replace it for free. Yep. Um, so there's really no risk there in terms of worry that you might not like it. Um, it's a subscription based service, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they have a catalog of a couple of hundred snacks mm-hmm. that is always rotating in new ones. Um, and I think they even take a lot of suggestions from their members on what, what they're liking, what they'd like to see, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so we're really happy with it. And uh, everybody yeah. snacks, right? Healthy stuff, too. Free of all those preservatives, artificial Colors. nonsense, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I recommend it not. It's one of those uh, cliches, right? <laughs> I recommend it. N- not because they've been t- we've been told to say good things about them, <laughs> but we've actually enjoyed this product. Yeah. We wouldn't. I don't think we would actually do this if we didn't like it. No, we genuinely love it, and we have for years. They sponsored videos over the past three years uh, several times. Yeah, and so it's good stuff. I encourage you to check it out. You can yeah. do that at naturebox.com slash syncast slash syncast yeah and you get 50 percent off your first order 50 percent off yeah for for a lot of you who don't know math that's half <laughs> <laughs> if it was like 12 dollars, it would be six dollars i know a lot of you are struggling with the math right now <laughs> yeah, exactly you're still still working your way through it um but uh but yeah that's a great deal all right so we ready for some questions question question i got something to say I'm listening. Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's cue some A and A some Q. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Okay. I ate some Q last night. Ooh, Hey-o. baby. I don't, don't ever tell me what that means because I like what I, I just mentally pictured. <laughs> That's when you give a 15 when someone's 11 and you're nine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I lost my place now. (laughs) It's the voice that sells it right into crusty voice. Oh, Jesus. All right. My question is what is the most inspiring, inspirational speech in a movie you've ever seen? Mm. And if we want to, what is the least? Hmm. Um, I have a good least one that may be controversial. My least inspirational uh, speech is that Tony D'Amato speech from Any Given Sunday. Hmm. This game is a game of inches. Oh, that it's not the fact that he does it poorly. It's the fact that it's interspersed with all those weird flashbacks. And that whole movie is. Though. I know exactly. It just it 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 doesn't resonate to me. Because it, it doesn't get you fired up. I'll tell you what does get me fired up is Gene Hackman's halftime speech in Hoosiers. Yeah. And this is the one of, the, I guess, the first in popular consciousness and best uses of the slow clap. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> what he says isn't necessarily all that inspirational. He's like, get back to the fundamentals. You know, let's get back. You know, we'll play like we want to. And if you do that, we're going to be winners no matter what. I don't care and what it says on the scoreboard. Exactly. Like, that's nice. But then you have them slowly buying into it with the slow clap and then everybody and then it turns into a roar and then you see hackman more animated than he's been the whole movie just like slapping players on the ass and everything as he's going through <laughs> yeah. like you know hugging the coach yeah and i love that stuff oh yeah it's awesome yeah um well for bad i didn't prep one but what immediately came to mind was pacific room when it was oh, that yeah morpheus like speech yeah. uh, that motivates me not at all uh and I love how, how we're sticking with sports for the most part, because I have two that I love. I don't know that they're the best, but the Kurt Russell speech at the end of Miracle, mm-hmm. uh, where he's motivating the U.S. team, telling them that even if only for one moment, they can be as good as any other team. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I just yeah. love the delivery there. <laughs> and then I just watching the Game of Thrones. This is kind of cheating because it's TV, but. The Christmas week when Game of Thrones was running a season marathon every day for like six days, which was heaven. <laughs> um, at the end of season two, the Battle of Blackwater, when Tyrion gives the speech to these men who don't they call him imp, nobody respects him, nobody likes him. And he basically ends the speech by saying, those are brave men outside there. Now let's go kill them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really fun. I love it. Um I didn't really have a, a, a bad one either. It's funny because I mentioned that I do like the Bill Pullman Independence Day yeah. uh, rousing speech. On the on the converse of that, it's his speech in Independence Day 2, uh, which is horrible. <laughs> that he delivers to an empty hand. Yeah, that, that people who are like playing chess in the background suddenly look up and, oh, the president is talking. Remember that inspirational speech he said in the first one? Let's, let's listen to the, he may, He always has great stuff to say. Um, um, that was very uninspirational. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with the Kenneth Branagh's to be or not to be thing in 1996 hamlet uh which is basically just one shot yeah and it just it just keeps on like just kind of like zooming back 
at the very end of it, you know, he's like, from now on, all my thoughts be bloody, yeah. you know, and all that. It's like, fuck yeah, yeah. man. You're about to do some shit. <laughs> I want to go in there with you, man. <laughs> That's a great pick. I yeah. love that scene. Oh, it's so good. I mean, that Hamlet, I don't know. It didn't. It's because it was long. It was. It was a four hour long yeah. movie. But man, it's so beautiful it and some- so well done. And, and I guess a lot of. You know, it came out, it was a 70 millimeter print and all mm-hmm. that. And theaters really didn't have a chance to show it, the, give it its justice and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, good God, I could watch that anytime. It's good stuff. I love it because of Derek Jacoby. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just went full circle back to the very first one. We did. Ever. We did. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. We got a Kenneth Branagh reference. We did. Today. All right. Next question. What do you guys think is the smartest line said in a movie? I love this question. Yeah, I do too. It's a great one. I actually have changed my answer. Ooh, Ooh. let's hear it. I originally was going to go with uh, the Oracle in the Matrix when she says, what really would bake your noodle later is, uh, would you still have knocked it over if I hadn't said anything? Talking about the vase that Neil yeah. talks over. Uh, but I've decided to change that. Uh, I'm going to go with Men in Black mm-hmm. <laughs> in the beginning when uh will smith says why don't you just tell the truth you know people will understand and Kay gives this whole speech but it starts oh, out with yeah i know where you're a about person to is smart but people are dumb <laughs> they're panicky and he goes on and on and i can't tell you how many times talking about real world issues with my wife or friends i have brought up that quote that a person can be smart but a group of people is a panicky mess and you don't <laughs> want any part of that that's uh, awesome and i think that's a surprisingly insightful thing for a comedy about wacky aliens attacking yeah. earth uh, so uh, that's my choice I, yeah i totally agree with that that's a, mm. that's a great that's a great line um i'm gonna go with dead poet society here which is a uh, has fu- you know it's full of like smart lines and everything but i do like the the whole scene where he's got three guys walking and everything and they're everybody's watching them walk and uh, he and and then he starts talking about like how you notice like every they started walking at the same pace and everything and walking together and everything um and then and he says and then robin williams is talking to everybody else he's like he's like now those of you i see that look in your eyes like i would have walked differently hmm. but i'm at, ask yourselves why you were clapping yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they all look oh yeah i was clapping <laughs> i like that i That's love those subversive lines yeah. that, that he gets in there that's robin williams at his peak yeah the one that immediately came to mind is you know, one of the smartest characters I've ever seen on on screen is Mark Zuckerberg in The Social Network. Uh, and that line when he's in the, the uh, deposition room and the mm. lawyer's just like, do I have your attention, Mr. Zuckerberg? <laughs> and he's just being such a smarmy asshole. He knows, you know, he's got all this money. He's re- well represented and everything. And Zuckerberg just undercuts him. He's like, no, you don't have, you know, I, I can't perjure myself, so you don't have my attention. You have the minimal amount of my attention. Mm. The rest of it is back with Facebook, which none of you guys can ever do. And then he's just, he eyeballs him. He's like, did I adequately answer your condescending question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's and, a lot of great lines on that yeah. movie. But yeah, that's exactly, that's Sorkin, a great man. one. Yeah. yeah, that's a Sorkinism. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another good one. Are there any actors or actresses that you saw in their debut or near debut and pegged them as superstars? The example that they give in Hackers in 1995, and they knew that Angelina Jolie was going to be a star. She was a, I mean, different looking person. Like, you, like, like, even with the, the really short hair and everything, you're like, 
who is this? <laughs> this is someone who's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I totally see what he's saying yeah. on that. Um, I it's funny because last week we talked about Jude Law in a couple of uh, yeah, or, or a couple weeks ago we talked about Jude mm-hmm. Law, um, and uh, and his performance in Gattaca. Now he's this is not his debut. But it's certainly his biggest role to date at that point. And he is fantastic in Gattaca. He's he's somebody that I remember watching going, I've never seen this guy before, but I want to instantly see him in everything. And, of course, that's what happened. He was in everything after that. And he, he's great. And I would also say Edward Norton and Primal Fear. Oh, yeah, yeah man. Good call. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the last bit of that, you just knew that that was a star-making performance. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of hilarious answers. One that makes me look good and one that makes me look not so good. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, the first time I ever saw Holes, mm-hmm. I'd, I had no idea that Shia LaBeouf had any kind of Nickelodeon television background. Mm-hmm. I, that Obviously, I don't sit around watching Nickelodeon and how many <laughs> mm-hmm. kids. And I watched that movie going, that guy is magnetic as hell. Yeah. He's going to have a great career. And up until Transformers, I was feeling pretty good about that yeah. pick. And today, <laughs> he's a huge star, but... Yeah. And then my other one was, uh, do you remember that sitcom back in the day, Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place? Yeah, I used to watch it. One Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Who, at the time, my friend was like, he's too Jim Carrey. It's never going to It's never gonna last. And he was doing a lot of Jim Carrey kind of, yeah, kind of like <laughs> facial expression-based <laughs> yeah. stuff early on. But I felt like there was something extra there with him. And today, we know there is. He finally got there. I mean, he went through a lot of shit to get to his Deadpool status. Van Wilder. I Van mean, Wilder was was fun, but of course, you know, Green Lantern was was the big one. Yeah. Um. The he he was always on the outskirts of a list dumb, mm-hmm. I think, until the last few years, and now I think he'll never leave it. Yeah. There's another person on Two Guys, a Girl, on a Pizza Place that I wish had become bigger than she did was uh, Suzanne Cryer, who is also on Silicon Valley as the very affectless uh, boss that's in the current season. Yeah, yeah. And very weird about things and very proper. And (laughs) everything has got to be like this and robotic. (laughs) And she's great. And and she was great on that show, too. And I didn't really see much in between that. She's a terrific actress. Anyway, it's nothing to do with who was going to be good. I had one that was an epic fail, not on the the level of Shia LaBeouf, but I thought after Scream that Skeet Ulrich was going to be oh really <laughs> like a superstar. Well, I could see you thinking that because he had a he had a Johnny Deppish kind of look and intensity. And I, mean, I think there's more to Skeet than we've seen. What is he doing these days? Well, he did that short-lived uh, show for CBS called Jericho, yeah. which I loved. That was even that was like nine years ago. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing now, but I wish I I, I would like to see a return of the skeet. So wait, <laughs> so wait, you you knew he would be big, but here I we are. He was going to be big. here. We are. He's not big. <laughs> exactly. No, that's my fail. The other one. So the one that actually did work out was in 1996. I think was a movie called Fear, mm. and oh. it was Reese Witherspoon and Marky Mark. Yeah, and I was thinking like. I think he had done something in between in basketball diaries and all that. Yeah. But this is where like people started really taking him seriously yeah. because he was a, a genuine like threat yeah. in this movie. Um, you know, that, that whole scene where he's out there, you know, in the hallway starting to pound his chest mm-hmm. repeatedly mm-hmm. so that he gets a bunch of bruises and all that stuff. We were like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And now he's certainly got his misfires like the happening and stuff like that. 
But, you know, he's a, an incredibly well-respected actor and has a, a good range, too. Yeah, he was in Boogie Nights the following year. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's crazy. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. So, and the other one is, uh, an actual one, is I pegged Jack Black when he was in High Fidelity. Now, he had been with Tenacious D before. He'd been on the Ben Stiller show and all that stuff. But in High Fidelity, it's really where he was his breakout. And yeah. now, you know, I mean, he was in King Kong and, he was in, and all that stuff. And School of Rock and really is taken seriously now. And uh, you could see that flash, even though he's super manic in High Fidelity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I knew Jack Black was going to be great from The Jackal. <laughs> <laughs> he was terrific in that. Yes, he was. Oh, here's a fun one. What are your favorite British films and TV and mm. or TV? And I like this question so much that I kept the favorite with a U spelling when I sent oh, this off yeah. to you guys. This is our favorite with a U Correct. type of stuff here. Correct. Yeah. And there's a lot of easy things that we could name that we'll get to. Uh, I don't want to overlook the Edgar Wright stuff, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, because that is some of the more recent brilliant stuff like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and to a lesser extent The World's End but that is incredibly British oh yeah oh yeah but also incredibly awesome so that's that's currently my favorite where are some other ones um all right so you're gonna see a lot of John Cleese getting woven into this because uh because i don't know i guess that was my that just was my jam john mm. cleese type stuff so I'll, I'll mention first off i'll mention before i get to the john cleese stuff black mirror is probably my favorite like uh, series coming out of great britain right now yeah uh it, it's just it's just fun it's it's twilight zone with a modern like just you know like uh i don't know like more fucked up twist yeah technologically based yeah fucked up right and uh, and I, and I do enjoy Sherlock. I think that's mm -hmm. a that's a fun series and everything. And so so now getting into my John Cleese, I haven't seen all of Faulty Towers, mm -hmm. but so, and there's not many, but yeah. I've seen enough to know that I love Faulty Towers. Yeah. And then um then as the movies go, Monty Python and the Holy Grail yep. and A Fish Called Wanda. <laughs> uh those are uh, those are just great. And then also uh, Sense and Sensibility. I really like Sense and Sensibility he's brilliant like he's literally brilliant mm -hmm. like he's comedically brilliant but he's just a smart dude yeah and you can make an argument who did i say that was this generation's chevy chase it was uh jason sudeikis yeah you can mm -hmm. make an argument that he was the prototype for chevy chase like mm -hmm. tall good looking but razor sharp wit yeah know? And British. And apparently a big asshole if he's the predecessor to Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah. Everybody hates Chevy Chase. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm just going to go with uh, my heart answer, and that's Ardman and anything they mm -hmm. made. They hooked me with mm -hmm. Wallace and Gromit uh, all the way through Shaun the Sheep and the Were Rabbit and the pirate movie they've made. Uh, just, uh, I just think Chicken Run, there's so yeah. much charm and... Britishness, especially <laughs> the Wallace and Gromit stuff, is so British, um, and uh, I just love it. It's just so freaking charming, and uh, that's my happy yeah, place. Yeah, it's a good one. Cheese, Gromit. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Not wrong trousers. We, we, we overlap coats, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, here's a fun one. I rewatched Looper after you guys talked about it in the 2012 discussion, and it got me thinking, what pair of actors or actresses would you pick to play older and younger versions of the same character. This is, good. This is a really fun question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need more questions like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I'll go first, I guess, since mm-hmm. I'm already talking. Um, and I, the one I like the most is Logan Lerman, uh, Percy Jackson, mm-hmm. yeah. and Kyle Chandler. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the coach from Friday Night Lights, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Because I think they look enough alike. Um that, that you, they could pass for a younger version of Kyle Chandler. But I also think their acting ability falls into some of the same. Like, they're both great. But I, I think they're similar type of actors. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's a good one. That there is a go. good one. Um, all right, I got, I've got i got two. Um, one, Joey King, who's in The Conjuring and uh, the Fargo TV series mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, uh, and Angelina Jolie. Ah, that's uh, a good one. I think they... I think they 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 look similar enough that that would uh, that would work, but uh, the best one I think that I have is for the guys Josh Josh Hutcherson and Colin Firth. Nice. Oh Josh, yeah, they both have the square jaw uh-huh. and just look the same and act the same to me. Yeah. And every time I see Josh Hutcherson, I think that's Colin Firth's kid right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good call. Yeah. yeah, I'm just picturing it as he as he said that. That's that's an excellent one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, and it's interesting because they both played Queen Elizabeth, I think. Uh, Helen Mirren and Kate Blanchett yeah. remind me very much of each other. They've got like this kind of regal type of presentation. They're both tremendous actresses. They have the same look. They're both gorgeous no matter what age they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that would be good for, now, for actresses. I don't know if Helen Mirren played Queen Elizabeth. She played, uh, well, she played the current queen elizabeth that like the yeah like from now yeah. she played in the queen she she now That's she right. may have played in queen elizabeth in another like it was movie. another elizabeth yeah yeah you're talking about the <laughs> you're talking about the long time ago <laughs> queen elizabeth <laughs> the one with all the makeup yeah and the yeah yeah, queen yeah. With the things stuff. and uh, the stuff judy dench <laughs> played <Amidala. laughs> <laughs> Judy Dench did play uh, the older Queen Elizabeth in Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love, yeah. and then Kate Blanchett did play, played the younger version in the same year. Uh, but uh, Helen Mirren, I don't know if she played that particular <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. They both played queens. They, uh, yeah. And the other thing, I'm together. actually going to change it up at the the last bit because I think Zac Efron and Robert Redford uh, could play different versions of of each other because. They both have that. Efron is now grown into like this kind of almost rugged. Of course, he's all jacked up on whatever, <laughs> on uh, working out. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I mean, he's they've both got kind of that rugged, like tussled hair type of. Uh, uh, image and uh, I think that could work. Now he also looks exactly like Rob Lowe, mm-hmm. uh, so that could be there could be yeah. like a, a threesome there. Those uh, ba- <laughs> good looking dudes, the, the, the bedroom eyes, man. They got both of them. Got it. All right, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, keep going to SoundCloud and giving us your thoughts. Yeah, for the last two episodes, uh, we've been getting like hundreds of comments we, we haven't broken our record yet let's break the record on this episode break the go record. on there comment even if you just say hi even if you just say now like, there's going to be 50 people just saying yeah. hi. that's perfectly fine we'll have a conversation or we'll start you haven't up. seen sicario yet that's the <laughs> Bring worst your sicario possible thing that you could say <laughs> i agree that's going to be there uh, also if you want to go over to itunes and say what you think if you think that uh, we have a highly rated podcast go on and do that um, if you don't think that we do, just don't do anything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> go to and comment about how shitty we are. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, keep it up. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Sherr. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. 
Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I think you enjoy this. <laughs> it's a game. Mm-hmm. It's a fun game. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I broke everything. Sorry, right. he doesn't need that mic. No. I made it look like nothing happened. Oh, sweet. Unless he's already recording. Yeah. He probably is. It looks like it. Yeah. He's probably like... We'll be busted when he does the edit. Yeah. What these fucking guys did to my mic? Looks like that episode of Seinfeld with the... <laughs> the briefcase and George puts the tape recorder in the briefcase to find out what they say about him after he leaves and so when he gets back to Jerry's is that the one it. where it's uh, where they're like did you see his fingernails they look like they've been eaten by weevils is <laughs> that know. is that the one no because it's like they talk about business and then like there's a a, a loud galonk and there's like a noise and basically the tape the briefcase got destroyed Anyway, he goes back in the next. It's like the I don't foundation know if I've for his seen dead that wife. One. <laughs> it's a metallic squint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, a galunk. Um, there's somebody says something like "Look out" or something like that. Oh. <laughs> dear God, <laughs> dear God, yeah. <laughs> and he Funny. goes back and does this whole accusation, like law defense, and then the guy goes, "Well, George." Uh, so-and-so tripped on your briefcase, which for some reason contained a running tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> the best part of that is that he does like a like a mock-up diorama. Yeah. And he, uh, he, he's he got like, you know, this is this person, this is this person. He's got like an M&M and he's got Wolverine. And he's like, here I come in and he's Wolverine. And Jerry's like, no, this should be you. And he's got the M&M. <laughs> it's also after George finally leaves, the, the guy in charge goes, does anyone else think George killed his wife? <laughs> and the other guy's like, I just assumed he did. <laughs> I was flipping channels on my satellite radio. And I saw on the 90s channel, they were playing a Creed song. And I was like, oh yeah, Creed. Because I had completely forgotten about Creed. And then I thought, how, do I, how happy do you think Creed is that Nickelback came along? To... Mm take the brunt of all the jokes about shitty rock bands that are still popular. Yeah. Because Creed was on its way to that. And then Nickelback came along. There's even that South Park where the, where Cartman creates a Christian rock band and, you know, and the, the whole idea is to take love songs and then just put Jesus wherever (laughs) they're, and, uh, and uh, and 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 they were like, "What do you think? That's not gonna work." And he's like, "It worked for Creed." <laughs> <laughs> it was the one that wasn't my sacrifice or with arms wide open. What was their other? My own prison. Oh, I created yeah. <laughs> my own prison. You know what's funny is that that uh, the dude, the band that actually wins in School of Rock. You remember that, like the the creed like band that actually wins mm-hmm. and they've got the dude with like the the jacket that only covers like his bicep and like it yeah. comes up to here mm-hmm. that reminds me of scott stapp because mm-hmm. he would always yeah. go <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do like the jesus pose uh-huh. like, oh it's awful <laughs> i uh was sitting at a table and there was these cupcakes over in the middle or whatever and i'm just eating my food and this lady comes over and she's like, oh, I got to take one of these, <laughs> you know, and, and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's our secret. And um, 
<laughs> and I uh, didn't even know it was Margot Kidder until the next day yeah. when I woke up and I saw a story about the Rhode Island Comic Con on the news. And the news was like, everybody from Superman. And it's like, shows Dean Kane, who was like right across from our booth or oh, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, to Lois Lane. And I was like, hey, that's that lady. <laughs> <laughs> and Wallace Goggins is really, yeah. really great. Walton in Goggins. This. Walton Goggins. <laughs> <laughs> the girl in Beijing. Brandy. Randy, <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> um. Anyway, she was there, and then yeah, uh, Dean Kane. But Dean Kane looked like a NASCAR guy. He had like a hat and all this stubble, and didn't look like Dean Kane. Uh huh. And of course, Margot Kidder didn't look like Margot Kidder when we first saw her because we didn't recognize her. But like, uh, what's his name? Shit, I am the worst at names. Yeah. Hellboy. Uh, oh, Ron, Ron Perlman. Perlman. He looked like Ron Perlman. Yeah, well, I, he can't not look like Ron. even Hellboy looks like Ron Perlman. <laughs> well, Ron Perlman looks so much like Ron Perlman that uh, <laughs> if you know what I mean, yeah, that even when they try to hide him in certain roles or whatever, you're like, that's Ron Perlman. Yep, you know, he yep. can put him in under Fantastic Beast. He that's looks like Fantastic Beast. I was like, that's Ron Perlman, right? They tried to make him look different, but he's not, and he's not. That's gonna be a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know what I'm talking about, right? No, what was it? There's a guy on Twitter who called him a, a cocaine addict, and teams would suit him for 10 million bucks. Yeah. And I don't think he won the, the award, but he's now in court for trying to force the anonymous Twitter user to have their name revealed, even though this person has died since then. Oh, shit. Like, he's so vindictive about this one tweet. You have it. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm going to be reading it off like, like a chump that's all right like a chump hey yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey. that's right like hey. uh drop the Limp biscuit reference yeah. <laughs> i've already referenced Limp biscuit and creed in the first 10 minutes so. yeah, i'll never forget carson daly after playing that video back in 1999 he was like i smell summer of 1999 with that song <laughs> He and, then a, he, and he was right. He, he was right. He, he also did at least once a week when it was when it was up there in the top ten. He was like, "What would we have done if nothing had rhymed with cookie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what would we? Where would we be as society if we didn't have that rhyme? I love peas like that. Huh? I love peas like that where you've been holding it up for for just ages oh, and yeah, you yeah. finally get there. Oh yeah, yeah. And like you lean well, against the wall. B. Oh, the what? It's, it's a double pee, basically. Because, <laughs> it's twice because, because you had to pee, and then the other one, the next time you had to pee, got on top of that. <laughs> it's like your life force is just gushing out. Yeah, of you. exactly. <laughs> it's kind of uh, it's kind of like uh, uh, <laughs> double pee. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Austin Powers, you know, and he wakes up and <laughs> everything. He goes through that long pee and then it, it stops. It's like a little drip and then it's like like gushing after that. Here we are in beautiful St. Louis. Oh, I have seen that. Nelly, famous for that song. 
it's getting hot in here. And most of you know the next line to that song. It's like classic Bob Costas is going insane and no one's going to stop. Yeah. Oh my God. That's awesome. Like he did some crazy shit at the Olympics too, but this was about as rambly and like Deadspin's post was just like, why Bob Costas? <laughs> why? Like he has gotten to that point. Well, remember the, uh, the thing with Pedro Strope when he, he, I think it was a couple of years ago where he gave up a few runs in a Cubs game and he walks off and, and he does that, you know, like little finger uh-huh. to the to the heavens type of thing. And Bob Costas is like, and he looks up into the heavens and where where his 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 ancestors are telling him that he did such a bad job or something like that. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> it's yeah. He's looking for help from his ancestors or something like that. It was like, come on, Bob Costas. 